Steve, what's your favorite song that you think about when you've had a bad day? Do you go with, I had a bad day? No, but now that song will be in my head forever. And you're welcome. Uh-huh. <laughs> Do you ever go with the fuel? Well, I had a bad day again. No, I don't. Normally, if I've had a bad day, there's no music in my heart. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That is dark. Yeah. I've had myself a bad day, Steve. Okay. I've had myself just a bad, infuriating fucking day. Yeah, that sucks. Like one of those ones where absolutely nothing goes right can go right yeah. holy hell yeah, dude I've had like, a million of those you know we uh we just signed on with the realtor and stuff we're yeah. gonna be putting our house up on the market hopefully in like three weeks so we're in this like manic that's a huge crunch oh too. my god yeah. dude so we're in this manic dash to try to get everything ready for like photos and ready to show the house and stuff yeah. and so like every hour of every day is regimented for the next like two right. months right mm-hmm and I sat down this morning. I was like, okay, I have an idea. I want to go ahead and get the next couple of YouTube videos that I'm making out of the way. And then I'm going to like, you know, paint the front door and do all the stuff that the house needs done uh-huh. to and all this shit, right? So I sit down and I filmed this entire lesson video today. It takes okay. like about an hour or so to film right. the whole thing. It's a really long, in-depth lesson. But by the end of it, I was like, man, that's great. That's even better than I was imagining this would go. Uh-huh. This will be wonderful. And so I import the audio and stuff into iMovie. I import all the files into iMovie, bring everything up. All of the audio and the entire thing is corrupt. Every single square inch of it. It sounds like there is like gale force winds blowing on the microphone the entire time. I've literally never had this happen. I've used this camera and mic setup for like two years. This has never happened even once. I don't even know what caused it to happen. Remember when we made an entire video and it disappeared? Yeah, off the memory yeah. card, right? It's the craziest thing. Like, how do those things happen? I, I couldn't no even idea. find anyone else that it happened to, really. Huh. It was like, no. Yeah. And so I was like, what the fuck is going on here? So I put the memory card back in the camera and I like unattached and reattached the mic. It's like an external road mic. Yeah. Suddenly it works fine. Huh. So then I'm like, okay, while I'm in the zone, I still remember most of what I said in the video. I'm just going to reshoot the whole thing right, right here, right? And so I start refilming it. Things are going well. And whenever I film these lesson videos, I record the audio from my guitar in Logic. Mm-hmm. So that way you get good, crisp guitar audio quality. Right. And then I sync it up in iMovie later, right? Mm-hmm. I get about 30 minutes into filming. And I think I was going to like check the time on the computer or something. I turn around. Logic had stopped recording like five minutes in. <sighs> Now, we've had this happen before, recording the podcast, yeah. but it hasn't happened in a long time. No, it hasn't. Knock, yeah. on, knock on wood. Yeah. And so then I'm like, God fucking bless, man. I was just in pure rage mode, right? Just yeah. rage quit time. And I was like, fuck it. I'm going to go work on the front door. I got to repaint our front door, uh-huh. right? Uh, there's supposed to be some extra paint in the laundry room. So I go check out the paint. Of course, it was not closed properly and is all crusted over. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I have to drive like 40, uh, you know, 40 minutes round trip to Lowe's, Yeah, get some paint mixed and shit like this. And I'm going to go ahead and call that my productive moment of the day. I got other You paint actually other succeeded in getting the paint. Uh, yeah, as yeah. far as I know. But, you know, <laughs> again, knock on wood, man. I'm thinking I'm going to open it up and it's going to be like hot pink. Or, or hornets. Something. Yeah, or hornets. <laughs> yeah. It could be that, Just man. Just Dr. Bees! <laughs> And man, on the way home, I needed to stop by the grocery store to get some stuff to make dinner. And I was like, you know what? I've not had myself just a dang old root beer in a long time. Oh, I'm yeah. craving myself a root beer. Okay. I'm going to go in there and get myself a Barks. It's got bite. It does have bite. That's true. It didn't even have Barks root beer at the grocery store. At the fucking grocery store. <sighs> I had to get Are frosted. Are they Mormons? They Anti-caffeine? Yeah. Because the one I got did not have caffeine. It was wow. a frosty brand. Yeah. It did not satisfy my urges. I got home. 
I started to film the video again, and then I was like, well, shit, now I have Skype students. So I got like 10 minutes into that filming. Sucks. Time to teach, and now it's time to like do a podcast. I just want to get meta right here. Before Ben told that story, Logic quit. Yeah, so we had to <laughs> restart the whole fucking thing. What is with today, <laughs> today, Steve? I don't know. Good Lord, <laughs> it man. It sucks. Oh, and also, if you're ever wondering what we record our podcast on, it's Logic. It's Logic. And get we with it, Apple. pretty cheap mics. Man, so all you people out there with your ten thousand dollar podcast setups, uh, we're we're barely getting by and still getting fans. So y'all can SRDs. Oh, step up your podcast game. Welcome to a very whiny intro <laughs> to the greatest cool. horror movie podcast in all in a multiverse. It's dead and lovely <laughs> here with those with the most, the unclest with the baddest of days. It's me, Uncle Ben. Me, Hollywood Steve. I had a good day. It was just rushed. Oh, yeah? Yeah. But that was fine. Days. Honestly, yeah. like, you know those that type of thing where you just don't, you don't have an empty second but like it all kind of flows perfectly together. There's always something like, going on. You just feel like you got a lot. Do- Actually, I must have stolen your productivity. Felt like I got a lot done today. I think that's what it was. Yeah. I think that's what it was, man. Oh lord, I just need to relax and talk with my friend about horror movies and what Finally. we've been watching, and have myself a co beer. Let's, Let's go ahead and this. kick this thing off real here. Yeah. Now, uh, Lamar sent our uh, brought us these like a month ago. I think. We're yeah, over I think that. so. Um, this is. Live Oak Hefeweizen. Ooh. And um, I assume this is from Austin, Live Oak. Yeah, Austin. Okay. So it's from Austin. I like a Hefeweizen. I do you too. Fan? Mm-hmm. I also enjoy myself one. I rarely ever buy them for some reason, but it's like every time I have yeah, them, I'm like, oh, why. this is delicious. I don't know why I never think of it. Like, yeah, even if I'm pick, doing like a pick a six or something, I like, yeah. I never really grab a Hefeweizen. Mm-mm. But every time I have one, I go, what the hell am I doing with my life? <laughs> Because they're so delicious and enjoyable. Sometimes they can get a little bit too, like, banana clovey. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Some of them get a lot of that going on, and I'm like, okay, after a couple sips of this, it begins to tire up on me. Well, that's it's a it's pale nice and yellow, but it's nice and cloudy, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And we're doing oh, these beers good. as a double header. Yeah. We got two of these each here that we're doing yeah, let's as part explain of an this. Okay, so... Um, Hefeweizens, as uh, people in America will probably know, are sometimes accompanied with a lemon. Webster's Dictionary defines <laughs> Hefeweizens as... <laughs> oh, sorry. Okay, so accompanied with a lemon sometimes in the States, Sometimes accompanied right? with a lemon in the States. Now, this is not what they do in Germany. Could you say that like an Australian person uh, would? Uh, Hefeweizens are sometimes... <laughs> Accompanied with a lemon in the stites. In the stites. Mm-hmm. That's your like key Australian mm-hmm. phrase. Sti- in, in the, the stites. Uh huh. <laughs> Pretty convincing. But over there across the pond, they don't usually do it that way. No, in Germany, it is looked down on. Obviously. Now this. So here was my thought. Lamar, he he recommended having a lemon with it. Okay. All right. And um, that was something I had I had seen people do, and then I I looked it up. I was like, oh, why do people have lemon with hefeweizen? Um, and in Germany, it's totally looked down on. It's verboten. What I thought was, these are American brewed Hefeweizens. They're maybe probably they're engineered su- for it. Yeah, maybe they're supposed to go with lemon. So we're going to try this Hefeweizen without lemon. German style. German style. And then we're going to try it with lemon and see, does it make it any better? Hmm. I'll tell you right up front. On the nose, this thing is like a little less clovey and spicy than yep. a lot of Hefeweizens are. First sip is very nice, yeah. actually. That's not too sweet, which not I too really sweet at all. like. And it's, it does have a good spice to it. It has 
you know what's weird? It has almost a corn flaky aftertaste. Think about the oh. taste of cornflakes. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's I, a which good I love. thing. Yeah. yeah, totally. To me, that's a good thing. Yeah. Hmm. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, I, it's very cereally, I would say. You know? Yeah. I'm okay with it. Yeah. It's got a nice creamy feel. I think it's only like a 5% or something yeah, like that. Way to go, Live it's Oak. not too brutal. We'll get back to you in a second with some of that lemon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to find out about it. Overall, though, I enjoy that. Yeah, it's good. Very much. That's a good sipping beer. I mean, that that's something I would definitely enjoy on a summer mm-hmm. day. Yeah. I like the uh, Sierra Nevada Killer Weizen as oh, well. Yeah. That thing is good, too. Uh-huh. You know? But this is one of the better ones that I think that yeah. I've had in a long time, man. That's a good one. What you been up to this week, Steve? You been watching anything cool? Yeah. I uh, finished iZombie, finally. Yeah. Um, How many seasons of that are there? Shit. Six. Six seasons. Okay. Six se- or five seasons, actually. No, yeah. Five. The, the, the last season. Sorry. I don't know. I was hoping there would be a sixth season, but they did end it knowing that it was gonna be the end so the ending is is pretty conclusive conclusive okay though mid-season i think is when they realized they weren't gonna get another season because some of it felt a bit rushed in the mid-season but i zombies the show like if you like um buffy the vampire slayer the, the show or charmed or I something do. like that or anything by rob thomas not the guy from, from matchbox, matchbox 20, 20. <laughs> i love when he teamed up with santana for yeah, smooth exactly uh, Rob Thomas, who created Party Down and Veronica Mars. If you like that stuff, you'd enjoy this show. That's a different Rob Thomas. I'd love to see those two fight to that the death. That would be fun, wouldn't it? You know? Yeah. I'd be okay with it. Yeah. I I mean, I imagine the lead singer of a band is probably a little more jacked than a writer. Yeah, probably. But might be a writer unfair. might be able to think of a way out of the situation. Well, think of this, though. A lot of lead singers and bands, real tiny fellers. That's true. They're 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 super jacked, yeah. maybe, but they're like 5'2". Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can usually do that thing where you put your, your hand on their forehead. Right. Yeah. Oh, you can't reach me. And they're like, hey, that's not fair. Man, it's a hot one. Man, it's a hot one. <laughs> I can't do a Rob Thomas impression because I can't even think of what he sounds like. Man, it's a hot one. Yeah. It's more like that. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> You're welcome. You have that song stuck in your head. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also, on, on Friday night, of course, we had the Friday night streaming chat. Yeah. How was that? Do you guys watch anything good? <laughs> no. No. That would not be appropriate for Friday nights. We watched Citizen Kane followed by Silence of the Lambs. Yes, and everyone sat in silence on the chat and just enjoyed the movie. <laughs> for its intellectual properties. No, we watched Suburban Sasquatch, of course. That sounds like it has to be amazing. It's fucking terrible. Suburban Sasquatch. And it's an hour and 40 minutes. Okay, that should be like a buck 20 movie yeah. for sure. Yeah, it's awful it is just terrible what's that about is it like a harry and the hendersons kind of thing or is it like suburban commando no, was a sasquatch? it's more like there's uh there's a sasquatch in this he's not in the suburbs at all he's in the woods <laughs> misleading the, the suburban title. part doesn't make any sense does not perform as advertised. there's a local reporter and then a native american lady and boy i didn't pay much attention to it but there was a part where he ripped off some, but he kept ripping off people's arms. Love it. But like at the halfway point, not mm, at the joint. Don't love it. No. Like, how does he do that? How would you just be like, I'm pulling and it just rips at the bone. I think you'd Bones have to don't like, rip. yeah, they you'd break. have to, to score that. I'm yeah. pretty sure. 
Uh, anyway, he had pulled someone's hand off at the midway point and threw it at another person, and it knocked that person out. I always love whenever an appendage gets ripped off and thrown yeah, at somebody. Yeah, it's funny. That yeah. always cracks me up. Also, there were uh, weird Sasquatch titties on it. It had like, I, I guess they were supposed <laughs> to be pecs, but these look like droopy boobs. Tit Squatch. And, and a Sasquatch dick, so. Huh. It was, um, it was fun to watch. So that's kind of a wolf man. What has nards? <laughs> yeah, Sasquatch has dick. Squatch man. Have <laughs> you seen Sax Squatch? No, dude. There's like it's like an Instagram what? and Facebook feed called Sax Squatch. Okay, and it's just this super fucking hip dude that like plays jazz saxophone in a Sasquatch costume, and he'll be alone in the woods like playing giant steps. Holy shit! It's ridiculously hilarious (laughs) you've got to see it it's a 10 out of 10 yeah okay (laughs) i mean you've got me the name sells just saying that i was like yes okay and then we watched hospital massacre which that has to be cool not not seen it okay he's a little boring Uh, not as many kills as suburban sasquatch i also have to admit i was pretty heavy into the booze by that point. I think I texted you a few times during it, Yeah, and I could definitely tell you were shmammered. Yeah, and I <laughs> um, at a certain point just started hanging out with my dog. Yeah? Yeah. So, no. She has a... she. I, I have a bed underneath my, my desk where she sleeps, and I just laid down with her. Just like, hey, what's up? <laughs> and then, like, I still had the Discord like on my phone, so I was looking at it, and then eventually somebody was like, I think Hollywood Steve fell asleep. I think he's checked out. And I was like, yeah, oh, totally awake. <laughs> totally paying attention to hospital massacre. Wow, man. Yeah. Wow. It was fun. That sounds like a pretty good old time right yeah. there. Yeah, I, I, I didn't... I didn't think as I was drinking. It was Suburban Sasquatch. It was driving me to drink, making me go, It Why? made you do it. It made me. It... It threw its dick at me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was anyway. full of those those Ozzy Osbourne subliminal messages. Yeah, get the bottle, get the drink, That's drink, just... drink, drink. So that was fun. And then on Saturday, I went and saw It Chapter Two again. Okay, yeah, we just yeah. did a mini set on that the night that we watched. Yeah. I hope you guys have listened to that and heard our thoughts about it. We were pretty lukewarm on it. Pretty yeah. lukewarm overall, I would um, say. Okay, so. One thing happened that um, I was watching football all day and. We were going to see this movie at 10.30. I thought, I'll be fine. Yeah. Should be okay. Uh, the UT game was ending at uh, 16 to 13. It was coming to an end, and BYU had the ball. And as I parked the car, I was like, oh, fuck, they're about to kick a field goal. So I was running into the... It was at Cinnabar at West Town. So okay, they had like yeah, all the yeah. TVs and a bar. Uh-huh. Um, so I ran in, and I got to see... They, they hit the field goal. So it was going into overtime. So I was like, I will miss all of it if I have to. I'm going to watch this this game. So I sat down at the bar, ordered a gin, and was watching the, the overtime. And this guy next to me started talking to me. And he recognized me from her videos. What, what, what? His name is Gage. Shout out to Gage. Hey, buddy. What's up, Gage? Yeah. Thanks so much for uh, listening. And, He's and- actually named after Gage from Pet Cemetery. Holy shit. His mom named after Carrie from Carrie. Dude. Really fucking cool. This cool is a family. dang Stephen King family. Yeah. That's so sick. Uh, but the end of my actual story was I got to see UT get beat. 
which doesn't really bother me. I just love college football. Yeah, that whole that whole overtime scenario was kind of fucking my Saturday up too because we had a show. We were supposed to go yeah. on ten thirty with Skankbanger, but nobody's gonna. Nobody was there no. because everybody was stuck yeah. watching this game. So we ended up waiting through yeah the overtimes and mm-hmm. stuff like that and had just a huge crowd of obviously very disappointed, disappointed UT fans <laughs> out there. But you know the thing is, is whenever you're playing a show after a football game in Knoxville, it's like. If we win, everybody's stoked. They want to get schmammered and party. Yeah. If we lose, everybody's wanting to get hammered hammered. and forget about it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of a win-win either way. Yeah. You guys were able to make them forget about it. Pretty much, man. Which, hey, P.S. Speaking of my hot, ultra awesome... 80s hair metal tribute band Skank Banger. Yeah, yeah. What, what, what? We've got a big-ass show coming up this Saturday at Jackson Terminal. So if you're in the East Tennessee, Knoxville, Nashville, greater fun time party area, be sure to get your tickets. Come see us over at Jackson Terminal. Brighter lights, tighter tights, all the good stuff that you need. Come on down and see us. I heard in your most recent uh, show... That Mangelina Broly got up on stage and sang with you. That guys. she did. Dead and lovely listener Mangelina Broly got up, absolutely tore down Our some home sweet girl. child of mine with mm-hmm. us. Just killed it. She yeah, always she's delivers. awesome. She's fucking great. She's man. great. Fucking great. Always a good time. Mm-hmm. Always a good time. So after the football oh, yeah, game, you watched the episode, it part two. I, I, yeah. Luckily, the game ended. I walked in and it was that fake out trailer for Suicide Squad. The, How yeah, the, dumb is that? That was stupid. For Birds of Prey, whatever so, it's yeah. called. Uh, I got in there in time to tally up all the jump scares as I oh, talked about. Oh, you talked about one to do that. Stuff. Yeah. I haven't done part one yet, but part two has 16. But it also made me think the entire time I was tallying them up, what is a jump scare? Hmm. Yeah, because, I mean, obviously a lot of horror movies have scares in them, but they're not all necessarily yeah. those out-of-nowhere musical yeah. sting. And a so lot like of the scares have a musical sting attached to them. Yeah. But it's Is not that the sting that makes it a jump scare, right? Hmm. So, good question. I started researching it, and I'm going to make a video on my findings. Hmm. What is a jump scare? Okay. But I will say, just before I ever make the video, just you should know that people react to jump scares... No matter if they outwardly react, your brain and your heart rate actually go up on a jump scare, even if you're the most hardened horror movie fan there is. Wow. Yeah. That's, so that's really interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, I look forward to checking that out and, and hearing about it some more. Yeah. Did you like the movie any better the second time? Uh, no, but not any worse. I actually, it, yeah. for me, it was still like, okay, yeah, it's fine. It's funny. It's it's really funny. Yeah. Probably Funnier than it really Funnier should than been. it should yeah. be, probably. I still yeah, it kind of takes away from some of the seriousness of it. I think anybody that listens to the show knows that I will oftentimes watch a movie and be like, I loved it. And then the next day, think about it and, and not love it. And not love it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or love it more. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm a big, like, next day, my opinion might change mm-hmm. kind of person. Has it really with this? Yeah. It's like the, the more same. I thought about it, I'd be like, yeah, okay, that's that's about. It's not hateable. Same. It's no, really I don't think so. I don't think it's unnecessarily long, and, and like sure. you said, there's a lot of stuff that could have used some trimming up and everything. I also think, spoiler free, the reveal that one character's uh, hidden love interest, yeah, was not at all telegraphed in the first movie. No, it wasn't like at it, all, and it didn't mean anything Contribute in the second movie. Shit. Yeah, 
Yeah, I uh, I agree with that. I will tell you what though, on the subject of it, I started reading through the audiobook. Well, do you read an audiobook? Whatever. You know, yeah, you, you know do. damn well what I mean. Uh, speaking of way with that brains react, uh fMRIs have shown that people react in a similar way to reading as to hearing a book read to them. Really? Yeah. So your brain is just as active. Huh. People who prefer a book, fine, you prefer the book, but don't get on people's case because they listen to audiobooks. Well, the thing is, is whenever I read a book, it's usually in a voice anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're like, reading there's a it voice you, in my a voice. head. Yeah. 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 So your body's react, or your brain's reacting the same way. You're getting as much information. I usually read the book in the voice of Flava Flav. Yeah. That's normal, right? Yeah. And you, after each sentence, include, yeah, boy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how I learned. I think that's how we all learn, isn't it? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, boy. <laughs> so, I call me Ishmael, boy. <laughs> the audiobook is read by Stephen Weber. Oh, okay. So who played uh, Jack Torrance in The Shining for TV. Exactly, right? yeah. yeah. And uh, it's enjoyable so far. Basically, in the book, I'm just kind of at where the people get their phone calls to like go back to dairy okay. and stuff. So I'm not so you're super pretty early on. Yeah. yeah. But so far, I'm enjoying it. I'll, I'll kind of try to keep everybody updated with my progress through the book yeah. and see if I love it long time or not mm. so much. Can't wait to hear Stephen Weber read that child orgy. I mean, I'm, well, I, guess it's I not can't child say I'm orgy. looking forward to that. It's a child train. Yeah. 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 Not really looking forward to that. No. But so far, so good. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though, Steve. I did watch an absolute fucking pile of of garbage this week. Tell me all about it, Ben. Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them Too, The Crimes of Grindelwald. <laughs> Dude, I was not ready for, for what how an bad it was. absolute pile of shit this yeah. movie is. I haven't watched it yet, and it, I'm dreading it, honestly. Like, it's abysmal. Yeah. It's absolutely abysmal in every possible way, mm-hmm. and I am 99% sure that, like, if you go on IMDb and start reading reviews yeah. that are positive... I think they're all fake. Okay. Like, I'm sure they uh, are all fake. I, I mean, from my own experience with the first one, it's pretty joyless. This is way, yeah. way less joyful. Hmm. It is absolutely devoid of any sort of fun or interesting thing at all. Wow. And it's so unbelievably over-convoluted. Like, hmm. the, movie, the movie starts, and it was like five or ten minutes into the movie... Yeah. It was like early in the night when Kate and I were watching it. I think like maybe I'd had a beer, mm-hmm. you know, or like maybe we had a margarita or something like that, right. right? It's like 10 minutes into the movie and I'm sitting there in my own head going, am I like stone cold fucked up because I'm not understanding anything that's going on right now? <laughs> you know, do you ever do that thing where like yeah. you're watching a movie and you're like, I guess I'm drunker than I think I am because I don't, I'm not following any of this yeah. stuff, you know? And again, about 10 minutes in, like I turn to her, she turns to me. We're both just like, are you following any of this? And I'm like, no, absolutely not. So that's fun. It's that's, not. That's what you want out of a Harry Potter movie. It's an absolute fucking disgrace. And it has so mm. many weird, dumb continuity problems going on with it too. Huh. One, one of which Kate was pointing out earlier tonight. And I was like, holy shit, I hadn't thought about it. Okay. Dumbledore. Right. Dumbledore. How, how old is that fucker? Uh, was he like a hundred and something by the time he died? Yeah, around 150. Yeah. yeah. So, obviously, wizards age less than muggles do. Yeah. So, they would ha- I mean, they would have to. It, it wouldn't be that you get to 
looking like an 80 year old and then just stay that way for 70 years. Yeah. But in this movie, which is set like way, way, way before the events of the Uh Harry Potter series, you have a young Dumbledore played by, I think, Jude Law. Yes. And he's just like, you know, mid 40s or something like that. But at that point, he's actually like 80 something. Yeah. Okay. And it just got me thinking about like, what's up with all these muggle wizard couples like Seamus's parents me mom's a witch me dad's a wizard right so they just like watch them slowly decay and and they're like I'm still the fine rest of their life. it's almost like being a vampire that would suck yeah it's something I completely had wow. not thought about but yeah I think uh, I maybe want- that's how the muggle uh, or not the muggle but the mud blood hatred started where it was like a taboo where yeah. it was like you shouldn't do that because you'll have to watch them die and live on but that then it be became awful. a completely negative thing. Like, oh, you yeah. shouldn't do that because it's a bad mix Mixed of blood. blood blah, blah, yeah. blah. It very well could be, man. Mm. Could you imagine what a pain in the damn ass it is, though, to be born a squib to a wizard family? <laughs> like, your siblings have all the cool powers and yeah. also are, like, aging beautifully. Yeah. And you're, like, 38, and you're like, well, I guess I have fucking no hair anymore, and my joints <laughs> all hurt, and I still have no powers. Fuck y'all. Oh, yeah, that would be the worst. That has to be awful. Yeah. That, that would be terrible. I want to say J.K. Rowling went back and redacted that Dumbledore was like 112 when he died, which is, I mean, that's still old as fuck. Yeah, that's But not old. impossibly old. No, people have lived to be around that age, so... Yeah, I, but if they live to be around that age, they probably aren't as active as Dumbledore was. I should think so not. So I would, I would say stick to 150. Like, yeah, just go just for say it. they age slower. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. The movie is unbelievably bad, dude. That it's, sucks. It's just awful. Absolutely fucking awful. Because there's just so much potential in that world that I would love to see something interesting made. That Yeah. But, I mean, Johnny Depp's presence alone kind of taints it for me. Yeah. I didn't like seeing him at the end of the first Oh, one. that was just so cheap, That dude. was the part where I was just like, oh, no, oh, I don't want to see a sequel to that then. Yeah. Like, you remember when I watched Jupiter Ascending a couple weeks ago, and it was just unbearably uh-huh. awful? I still haven't watched it, because I don't want to watch it twice, so my no. wife has to be there when it happens. Yeah, it's a one-and-done <laughs> scenario. Yeah. But, you know, like, with that movie, I watched it, and there was so much stuff about it that was bad. It was hilarious, and I had a lot to say about it. Mm-hmm. This movie, it is like I have been, like, men in black, memory wiped. Right, like, it just didn't matter I just matter don't remember all. any of it. None of it huh. fucking mattered. It's such an awful awful addition that to the sucks. Harry Potter world which I love dearly obviously yeah. fuck it's terrible man mm-hmm. it is absolutely terrible but I'll tell you what is not terrible what aren't terrible it's the subject of our show today what it's them devils rejects the devil he brought them rejects mm-hmm. he said not good enough not these right here have to get out of hell Uh huh. I've rejected right. them I think that's what he means. Yeah. Okay. By one Rub Zombie. Robert Zombert. Bob Zombie. Bo- oh, Bob. Bob Zombie. Bobby that's Zed. a better name. Yeah. Oh, Bobby Zed. <laughs> hey, Bobby Zed in the He's old Bobby Zed in the It's me, Lemmy. <laughs> oh, it's Lemmy Kilmeister yeah. in the studio. Oh, wow. hey, Bobby Zed. 
<laughs> We're going to be talking about that movie today. And of course, <laughs> that's, on that's pretty brutal on you there. <laughs> if you guys listen to our podcast on the regular, you'll know that we did House of a Thousand Corpses several months ago yeah. on this show, our first Bobby Zed movie. Yeah. And we know Likey. Uh, yeah, we House of a Thousand Likey. Corpses is not a great movie, but. Uh, we didn't. I don't think we put gave it too much shit. I think uh, in general, House of a Thousand Corpses has been treated uh, much worse than we treated it. I think we were pretty delicate on it. Leave House of a Thousand Corpses alone. <laughs> Is it kind of like that? Yeah. Yeah, it's not like unwatchable. It's, not, it's just a clusterfuck. No. Yeah, it's just all over the place. This is not the case with Devil's Rejects. Yes, this is one of those rare cases where the sequel absolutely eclipses the mm-hmm. original. But this isn't the first time this has happened, Obviously Steve. not. And I think before we get into our review portion and start deep diving into the Devil's Rejects, I say that we just make ourselves, let's just take a little pit stop over there in that preview palace. Welcome to the Preview Pit Stop. And let's talk about some other times that sequels were better than part one. So the other day over on our Facebook fan page, which you guys can find at Dead and Lovely Horror something or another. Just look. You'll find yeah, it. Yeah, Facebook. Dead and Lovely Horror. You'll find it. Yeah. Search features work. You mm-hmm. don't need all the specifics. <laughs> so look for us. You'll find us over on Facebook. One of our fans posted a thread on there. Steve, who posted that thread? James Gilks. Oh, what a nice, what a nice young man he is. I'm sure he is. I don't care what people say about him. I think he's all yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, but they're saying a lot. They're saying There's a lot. There's a lot of chatter on the boards. Fake news. Fake news, they Fake say. News. They doesn't believe he even exists. Mm-hmm, that's right. He's just a myth, a legend. Uh, James. What a name, they say. I know, right? Mm-hmm. Who's ever used that name in real life? <laughs> Fucking my dad? Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> But he posted a thread that is just such good timing because he, you know, he was asking like our other dead and lovelies, what are sequels that are better than the originals? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, what good timing considering we're fixing yeah, I mean, to do one on the show. Yeah, this one is is uh, a million times better than House of a Thousand Corpses. Without a for doubt. Us. Other people disagree. Other people don't like things that are nice. <laughs> so I want to go through here and talk about some of our yeah. fan suggestions and see if we agree with them here, that Steve. People said, um, the first one you got, y'all. Oh, wait. So, do we have Creed's Human Clay on here? I hope so. I'm going to disagree. See if I wrote it down. That's not better than my own prison. I'm going to stick with my own prison on <laughs> I'm, here. I'm glad you have principles about it. Yeah. What about Pinkerton by Weezer? Is that on the list? Yeah, it is actually. Right here it says Ben Eller, Pinkerton by Weezer. I think what I'm going to start doing is I'm going to have like a, an extra little like bell sound effects that, that, that <laughs> rings every time Ben mentions Pinkerton. <laughs> <laughs> be the Pinkerton bell. Every time a bell rings, Ben mentions Pinkerton. <laughs> he talks about how Pinkerton's uh, a really good album. <laughs> so, um, one of the first here that I wrote down, which I think is, uh, uh, it's debatable, but it is, I believe, true. David Edwards said Dawn of the Dead. Okay, Dawn of the Dead. Not that Night of the Living Dead is in any way bad. No, of but course Dawn not. of the Dead is such an it's goddamn great. Yeah, it is a wonderful movie. You know, I will say that I don't think it's as important as the original. No, um, but it's probably more watchable. Yeah, because it, it wasn't. I mean, because it was. Um, it defined zombie movies. Night of the Living Dead defined yeah. zombie movies the way we know them. But Dawn of the Dead has such a huge influence, obviously. Yeah. Well, it, it's kind of like comparing like Kill 'Em All to like Black Sabbath, by right? Black yeah. Sabbath, you know, where it's like, well, <laughs> yeah, obviously like, one wouldn't one exist without the it. other. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe the other one I just happen to enjoy listening to more. Yeah. You true. know. Yeah, I'll I'll back that. Yeah, Dawn of the Dead is. Um, 
Uh, yeah, it's a better movie, I think. I think yeah. so too, man. Okay, so <laughs> Sean Gilbert very astutely pointed out quite a few of the Friday the 13th sequels are better than the original. Now, okay, yeah. I would say four and six, yes. Mm-hmm. Two is debatable. Two is debatable. Yeah, you got Baghead Jason in yeah, there. Yeah, he's more like a coward in it. He's yeah. more like afraid. I like one better than three. Yes, for sure. One's better than three. I would say it's better than five. Well, actually, I'd say it's better than... Well, it's not better than Jason X because Jason X is fun. Not because Jason yeah, X is it's, good. It's, it's a, a better movie, movie. Yeah, But Jason X is really fun. And Freddy vs. Jason. That's a fun one. But again, they're just not as good. Yeah. But part four, I think we can pretty much all agree oh, on. Oh, yeah. Part four is so great. Super C is the original. Yeah, that's part like so good. the ultimate. Yeah. I think so, too. Yeah, I'll back that. I'll say that that is better than the original, which is mm-hmm. really rare to see one that's that far along in a series that beats yeah. the OG. To be know? able to get to that point mm-hmm. and then actually make it to improve upon it. Yeah, that's that's really cool. I bet somebody had to have pointed out like Dream Warriors must be better than the original. I disagree. I think that I think uh, that Elm Street actually, one's I, better. Yeah, nobody said that. Actually. I'm shocked. Nobody dude. picked a Nightmare hey, on Elm Street sequel. I'm I think not we surprised. all agree. Yeah, I'm not surprised because people that listen to our show you know, and contribute on the Facebook group <laughs> uh-huh. like things that are nice. So I'm not surprised. Zach Patton and a couple of other people said Evil Dead Two, and that one I agree with that. A ton of people believe. I mean. I don't entirely disagree. I like them for different reasons. They're very different. They're movies, very yeah. different, but they're similar because they're. I mean, basically like a, it's almost a the same the story. First. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, that's a that's kind of a hard comparison to make. Yeah, the first one had more like serious moments, but then turned more comedic near the end, especially when it was just bruce campbell and the Raimi brothers shooting stuff by yeah. themselves basically because they ran out of money and couldn't funny, get people yeah. to come down and stuff yeah. yeah and then the second one just really embraces the humor which i love and it's so so well done and so silly yeah, man it's, awesome. it's fantastic you know mm-hmm. i think if i would compare those two movies i would say that evil dead the original is like just a perfectly ripe crisp you know, apple, like a delicious gala apple right okay evil dead 2 is kind of like apple pie better you're you know, saying, yeah, right, yeah, like it's it's got some of the same elements, but it's With a bunch of other upon good stuff. It. Yeah, I think that's how I okay. kind of look at those two. Together. I like that. Brock Little said aliens. Brock Little, my main man from BHL Picks, the yeah. makers of my signature BHL Wizard Pick. Get yours over on the BHL Picks <laughs> Etsy store. That was an unexpected ad, but it was awesome. <laughs> I was ready. I was ready for it. Shout out to Brock, man. You're um, the man. This is. I mean, this is. A debate I've heard people had about alien versus aliens because yeah. it really is a difference between hard sci-fi and action sci-fi. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, and horror sci-fi in the first. Like, there's horror right. elements. It's like it still has some horror elements, but it's much more action oriented. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah the the original to me I still hold near and dear. Yeah, and I think I like more mm-hmm. than than I aliens. like the minimalist bit to it. Where totally, but, I mean. If Aliens is on, I'm watching it. Oh, dude. It's awesome. And we can all agree, too, that there's elements of Aliens, such as the special effects, Uh that are undoubtedly better than part one. Aliens, dude. Man, that's one of those things. And again, this is pretty spoiler-free for It. But like on the way home from when we watched It, and I was thinking about the whole ending scene, the big boss battle, right? Right. And I was like, man, if they would have 
managed to recreate something with the special effects might of that queen alien. That would have been really cool. Holy shit. That would have really done it, yeah. It would have been utterly terrifying. With the creature design and stuff that they did with Pennywise, it would have been phenomenal. Yeah, that would have been great. But instead, CGI. Yeah. (laughs) But I like like Alien better. I still like it better than Aliens, I think, personally. Andy Wood said Fast Five. My main he, man, he Andy Wood. To, he, he said something like defending himself, basically. It's like, I agree, man. I'm with you, dude. Fast Five easily beats Fast One. Really? But the real truth is everyone after Fast Five gets better and more ridiculous. How many are there? Uh, well, including uh, Hobbs and Shaw, nine. Whoa. Yeah. That's a lot of series. Yeah. I think they all just get better and better and more ridiculous and more fun. So, but five, yes, is better than one. I watched part one earlier this year and still found it surprisingly fun. It's awesome. And I think I started to, but didn't finish it yet. I've been meaning to just go through and watch them all. Yeah. I mean, I think I told you this when we talked about it, but the timeline is that fast three is actually in the future. And I think it comes between oh, seven and eight. That. Yeah, yeah. So if you were to skip Fast, because Fast Three is a good movie, or like good. I mean, they're they're good action movies. They're fun. It's a fun movie. Yeah. Sure, it's a fun movie, but it's also um, it's like what the hell is this? Because none of the characters <laughs> you know are there. Okay. Yeah, but then I don't remember four being great, but five is just a fucking blast. So if you if you just skip to five, you whatever maybe i'll give that a try yeah, two is a repeat really of one it's a lot of the same shit yeah, yeah. that was the impression i was getting that's the impression that i get i wonder how that guy's throat's doing these days huh probably pretty rough probably or actually that maybe that's just how he always sounds anyway maybe yeah maybe he's not case. putting on any voice uh, <laughs> uh shane cool said godfather 2 i'd agree with that i have never seen godfather 2 what the hell am I doing with my Have you life? seen Godfather 1? I've seen Godfather okay, 1. Okay, okay. Oh. Yeah, you were about to flip that table. I, I could really see it was, in your I eyes. I was about to be like, what the fuck? <laughs> you were about to stop logic this time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Godfather 1, I really, really it's enjoyed. Great. I thought it was great. Just a beautiful, awesome movie. But Godfather 2 is even better. A lot of people have told me the yep. same thing. Andy Campbell, uh, my main man and drummer friend, has told me multiple times. Yeah. He's like, dude, get your shit together and watch Godfather 2. It might be the best movie ever made. According well, that to Andy Cam's knows what he's talking about. I think I think it's up there for me, for sure. Damn. It's, uh, but that's the thing for me, um, because Godfather Two does some past to present. I've heard like, about skipping this. back and forth. Yeah, yeah. There is a cut that actually cuts one and two all together and does it chronologically. That's cool. Uh, and I, I've watched that and I enjoyed it. I don't know that it improves the film too much though, because I think the moving back and forth in time in Godfather Two, uh, unlike it too. Yeah, I was gonna say. Uh, is is really good and really shows you like a good juxtaposition between father and son. So okay, I yes, watch Godfather too. The second that you have a chance. Okay, I certainly will. So Beth Baker, our friend from Walter State. Yeah, huh? Shout out to Wally High alumni. That's true, and a whole bunch of other people. Uh, said Fury Road or some other Mad Max sequel. I'll one million percent agree. All of the Mad Max sequels are better than the original. Yeah, not that the original's bad. No, but it's that all of them just improve so much on it. And Fury Road is and Fury Road's the ultimate, without a doubt. Yeah, the pen ultimate mm-hmm. of the entire series. Holy fuck! 
I love Fury Road. Yeah. So much. Love it God so much. Damn, yeah. what a badass movie. Absolutely amazing movie. Now I want to talk about the most debatable one, which was my my friend Bailey. My my cute Australian friend Bailey said Home Alone 2. Home Alone 2? It's over in the States, isn't it? <laughs> I think like she she said she had she basically had seen Home Alone 2 before she saw Home Alone 1. I so, guess so, dude. I think she's over there just getting yeah. all all high on koala fur and, <laughs> and Vegemite. <laughs> They do. They snort koala fur. It's a uh-huh. big thing over there. I right? think she must be out of her mind. Those Aussies. She must have got hit in the head by a boomerang. I, the, one of the things I did like a lot about Home Alone 2 is that it was set Donald in, Trump is in it. Yep. <laughs> that was it. I was like, that man will one day be president. That guy is getting my vote, you yeah. said. Um, <laughs> actually, it was. it's just that it's set in New York. And I, as a kid, I had a huge thing for New York and L.A. Like, yeah. I was real interested because everything was set there. So it was like, man, those are places where shit always happens. Dude, I don't know about you, but growing up in the same area of, like, Podunk, nothing yeah. ever happens here in Tennessee as mm-hmm. I did. Those both seemed like places that, like, I would never go. It was like, it's impossible. I will, I could never get to New York or to Los Angeles or any yeah, of these places. Yeah. It's where yeah. everything happens. It's like it's a different world. I would say before I went to New York, the first time I felt that way, yeah. Yeah. yeah then you really go there and you're like, oh, you just have to get on like a bus or a plane. Yeah, they'll they'll let you in. Yeah. I, it's not really a problem. Yeah. That, yeah that, I, I've been to New York a couple times. Uh, that And I lived in Russia for two years. Yeah. Those things gave me the courage to very easily say... I don't have a job. I don't have a place to stay, but I want to move to LA. Yeah, it'll work out. Fucking do it. And it does. It works out. Because uh, those cities are cities where people do that, so other people are expecting it. <laughs> so you go on Craigslist, <laughs> and people are like, we're looking for a roommate because we can't afford rent. Yeah. Please come be our roommate. Definitely. And we did that and had fun with those guys. So. Yeah, like, uh, I think I agree with you. That's how I was as a kid, too. Sure. Just thinking, like, I'll never get to go to those awesome places. Yeah, it's and then too when crazy you do, you're and just wild. like, oh, it's just a place. Yeah, it's just another place with more, more shitty people in it. Yeah, LA's got a lot of nice people. I think. Oh, everywhere big, has a lot of nice people. I think the bigger cities I've been in, most people have generally been nice. Yeah. You don't really run into as many assholes as. I mean, because, like, driving on the interstate here, I run into, like, 50, 60 assholes in an hour. Oh, just fucking dickheads everywhere yeah. on the road, dude. It's terrible. Yeah, so I would say if you're not driving in New York or L.A., people seem really nice. <laughs> I'll say that Home Alone 2 being set in New York, like, around Christmas time, like, yeah. it doesn't really get more Christmassy than no, New exactly. York during the yeah. holidays, you know? So it does feel turbo, ultra Christmassy. It's not better than the OG. I'm going to say that. I will die on this hill, Bailey. Uh, yeah, no, I, I'll agree with you. I think the first one's better. But mm. hey, Bailey's got a right to her opinion, and that's her opinion. Well, you know what the thing is, though, is down there in Australia, where Bailey's from, everything's backwards. Oh, shit. I bet Home Alone 2 there was the first one. Yeah, that's probably what the uh, case was. Okay, yeah. You know? Yeah. And then she flushed the <laughs> toilet, and the water swirled the other direction, and she was like... It's about right. It's winter down here in August. <laughs> Where's the Vegemite? Oh, I think that's more New Zealandy sounding than I'm doing again. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Either way, I think I just offended at least an entire continent. Nah. <laughs> nah. I think Australians enjoy it whenever we do our, our accents. I hope that I, they do. I know British people do. Because <laughs> they're so bad <laughs> at them. <laughs> I'm going to tell you what. 
I'll, t- I'll think of a couple other sequels here that surpassed the original. Let's hear them. Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Yes. Easily uh-huh. the finest yeah. in the series. Yeah, I mean, if we're talking video games, there are a ton. Most I mean, of them. Yeah, Mega Man 2, way better than Mega Man 1. Yeah. Mega Man X, probably Mega the Man best. Mega Man X is of, just wonderful, man. Street yeah. Fighter 2 Turbo, probably the apex of the series. Yeah. Basically, every RPG Super Black Bass, of course. Uh, well, OBS. <laughs> yeah, duh. <laughs> As a Southerner, did you ever play that game? I never played that Seriously? game. Seriously? Oh, yeah. my, my family, my, my grandfather and my brother, older brother, are both super into super fishing. Super Black Bass. So I have played both Black Bass for NES and Super Black Bass a ton. <laughs> What's with like RPG series always getting better? Like Final Fantasy. Oh yeah, it VI, always just gets three. Improves, Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like the uh, Dragon Warrior games definitely improved, especially beginning at three when yeah. you could create a party of your own. Yeah, I, th- I think, but that's the thing with video games is like, if it succeeds, it's like, well, we have to change it somehow mm-hmm. and make something better. Like Assassin's Creed, they would do that. I'm, I mean, it's EA, of course, they're going to release an, or no, it's Ubisoft, but same thing. Of course, they're going to release a new game every single year, so right. they got to change some stuff to it. And sometimes those changes suck, but a lot of times it's like, this is cool. Like this added a lot to it. So, yeah, definitely, man. Yeah. Yeah, so every now and then we get ourselves a sequel that is just better than the original. Sometimes they're not. I mean, Halloween 2 exists. <laughs> oh, a lot a lot of people love Halloween 2. A lot of people do. I think yeah. they need to watch it again. Yeah. Because it's not good. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, one of the, the times that I've been the most satisfied with a horror sequel is when I watched The Devils Reject yeah. by Bobby Zed. Uh-huh. And I'll I tell agree. you what, I watched this one first. Yes, me too. I hadn't seen House of a Thousand Corpses. In nope. fact, I was sitting in the same room as you when we both saw Devil's Reject. That's first. right. That's yeah. right. I remember when we did our A Thousand Corpses episode. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, I watched it with you the first time. And I was like, wait, what the what? Yeah. <laughs> but apparently, yeah, we did this as a double feature, I guess. Was was it back to back or no? It was over like a couple weeks. Or it something was over like a couple that, weeks, yeah. Our main man, Brandon Suttles, who we used to watch movies with all the time back uh, in our college days, our wild college days. They were so wild. Uh, we, we got together and watched these movies, and I think Brandon was just so stoked to show us Devil's Rejects. Yeah, because it's a great movie. Yeah. yeah, and also, too, because I think that he knew that if he would have showed us, like, A Thousand Corpses first... You wouldn't want to see Devil's Rejects. No. Yeah. And I'd go into it with a very negative mindset of, like, oh, this bullshit again, these bullshit-ass characters, whatever. Mm-hmm. But we watched A Thousand Corpses... Or, sorry, Devil's Rejects first, and I was blown away. Yeah. Which did make Thousand Corpses more disappointing, I think. It does, but you also you don't have to see House of a Thousand Corpses for that. Like it's not no. even it's not even a proper sequel because it has nothing to do with the first movie, really. No, I recommend just watching this one as a standalone yeah. movie. I mean, especially what, if yeah, if you've heard us talk shit about House of a Thousand yeah. Corpses and you're apprehensive about it, just skip it. Go ahead straight to Devil's Reject. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, when the movie starts, it's like there's weird stuff going on. There's like a little preamble at the first of the movie kind of telling you in 1978, blah, 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 yeah. cop report stuff. And then, you know, you get the you get Tiny Dragon, that woman through the woods, mm-hmm. and then you wake up with the, the Firefly, uh, Firefly family. That's hard yeah, to say. It is. And, uh, you know, you got Otis sleeping with corpses and all this crazy shit. And then the police that, raid the place. I mean, that sets the tone right there. Oh, with, yeah. Without knowing anything about House of a Thousand Corpses, that tells you all you need to know about Otis, basically. I yeah. mean, House of a Thousand Corpses reveals his artistic side and stuff, but that doesn't play into Devil's Rejects at all. No, not really. Yeah. And it just totally 
stands alone as its own film. Yeah. It's like, I don't really need to know the setup of why the cops are raiding this place. It no, shows he, me. Yeah, there's a guy sleeping next to a corpse. There was a guy dragging a corpse through the woods. I get why the cops are going there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then we just pick up with that family and uh, follow their exploits and adventures uh-huh. throughout the movie and get introduced to new characters and stuff that weren't in A Thousand Corpses. There's a lot of elements from A Thousand Corpses yeah. that are just completely dropped that they act like right. never happened. Yeah. Yeah, the, and which was smart. Yeah, yeah, to not try to go back and retroactively explain everything. Just yeah. say Captain Spaulding is Baby's dad. Sure, why not? Yeah, there's fine. nothing in the original that says that he wasn't. Yeah, there's no reason why he wouldn't be, so go for it. I think that Rob Zombie, you know, for as much of a hard time as, as I gave him in our Corpses House episode, yeah. he is very self-aware of his shortcomings with A Thousand Corpses. I yeah, mean, he's gone back I, and said, like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. I did way too much stuff in one movie. Yeah. And I think this was him realizing, okay, I've got a second chance. Like, to me, uh, to me with A Thousand Corpses, it just felt like he was like, this might be my only chance to make a movie. I need to just stuff it full of fucking everything. Yeah. And with this time, it was like, okay, cool. I get another chance. People like what I do. So let me just try to pick one direction Yeah. and stay on that path. And the direction is this scuzzy, nasty, exploitation, mm-hmm. uh, grime kind of movie. He stuck with one theme, and it works fucking great. He basically made a Western. You think? Yeah. I don't think of it that way. Explain to me how it's kind of like a Western. Okay, this okay. is uh, this is interesting. So the thing about Westerns that, I mean, we talked about a bit on Bone Tomahawk is there's a version of the Western that is about the bad guys. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so movies like The Wild Bunch. The Wild Bunch was, is a Sam Peckinpah movie, which already puts you in the mindset of, okay, it's going to get a little warped. Uh, the Wild Bunch is about these bad guys and they're not redeemable and they're not positive and the movie is not about them being redeemed or positive mm. so it's not like about a lone gunman that enters a town and cleans it up and blah 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 it's, a, it's about them getting in a gunfight and tons of innocent people dying and them escaping and getting away and that sounds kind of like this movie when you put it that yeah, way yeah exactly huh. so it's about kind of like romanticizing the outlaw yeah the person that lives outside of the law yes yeah, that's more accurate I mean it's uh, that can be considered a western always if yeah. it's focused on the outlaw because that is the genre that most often does that but uh this is also influenced by bonnie and clyde very obviously okay yeah, yeah. all right all right i can see that too yeah and you know again that that's kind of one of those societal things that i think a lot of us uh can kind of get to where we sort of envy or fetishize anybody that lives outside the normal constraints yeah because they're free society and the law yeah, yeah. it's like you know, part of us obviously is looking at the things that these people are doing and being like, oh my God, they're monsters. Absolutely. They're awful. They're terrible. But then there's also, I think, part of us that's just like, man, they're they're living their best life. Yeah. Not a cell phone in sight. That's true. Because <laughs> it's the 70s. Because it's the 70s, yeah. yeah. Which, P.S., was A Thousand Corpses in the 70s? Oh, it wasn't specifically it set wasn't in specifically any set. time. Yeah. yeah, but they didn't have cell phones. It didn't which look or feel 70s they, to me. Yeah. But I think could, you're right there, but the cars been? in it were older. Yeah, I guess yeah. so. Yeah, there's I nothing don't think really that, that there was a it. specific chosen direction for that. I think maybe he just went with stuff that he liked, mm-hmm. and it all kind of looked 70s enough that he was like, eh, it'll work. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Well, kind of like Sid Haig being baby daddy. It's just right. like, well, there's nothing yeah. that really said it wasn't. So. Yeah. yeah. And, and you're not tied to it. I mean, the movie the movie made back its budget, basically, which was why it was able to make a sequel. But right. 
not enough people saw it that it matters in this movie. Yeah, got it. Yeah. Yeah, I can see what you mean about it being kind of like a Western now that you're putting that into context about how yeah. not all Westerns are about the good guy. Yeah. Because yeah, this totally is about a bunch of outlaws that are on, on the run and on the loose. You know what else it reminded me of? Tell me. Star Wars. The Star War? How is this anything like a Star Wars? A bunch War? of outlaws on the run. <laughs> they didn't have a lightsaber. They didn't have a lightsaber. That's true. They no lifesavers. They had guns and knives. Huh. But uh, specifically the scene where um, they come to the brothel and there's this sort of standoff between uh, this uh, charming black man and this white ne'er-do-well. Huh. And then they like... You talk know, some shit and then they're like, shit. we're friends. We're Just friends, kidding. right? And That's a little familiar. And then he ends up selling them out. And then they take them, knocked out somewhere else. Very much like Star Wars to me. Well, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah? I mean, now that you put it that way, that is extremely similar. The thing is that the Star Wars takes a lot from Westerns as well. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. it's a space Western for sure. Yeah, so, like, Westerns really influence this. But the thing that I want to talk about about that is that he added something unique to it. Okay. The soundtrack. Yeah, it's one of my southern highlights rock. of this movie. Yeah, it's southern rock. So when you bring in southern rock, southern rock, a lot of it was about you know being on the outside of society, not feeling like part of America. Yeah, well, Midnight Rider by the Almond Brothers yeah. is in this. Yes, movie. it is. Not gonna uh-huh. catch me. Never gonna catch the Midnight uh-huh. Rider. Yeah, Freebird, etc. Like all all the stuff in this is pointing to like how southern rock is kind of about these type of scuzzy people who I guess so yeah yeah. don't conform to societal norms and shit exactly huh and one other element of that I just wanted to point out that the cinematographer of this worked on the Harlan County Kentucky documentary do do you know the Harlan County from the 70s Harlan County no I don't know what that is okay well this is shot documentary style and sort of mimics a lot of that which is basically just showing what people look like in these particular isolated communities so Hmm. like this is in some way a documentary about like following a predator and watching it kill its prey and having no like no lean towards good or bad like it's like watching a documentary instead of watching people get killed it's pretty morally ambiguous you know when you think of it that way but let's talk about the southern rock because i i I think it it has it really reflects a lot of the south which is interesting because he's not southern that robs on yeah he's kind of got that whole thing going on that i would say like zach wilde has where he's like he's an honorary redneck yeah he could fit in very easy because every i mean if you went to most of your neighbors most of them probably like white zombie or yeah, rob or zombie black label society yeah. or anything like that yeah. yeah yeah that makes sense man and the soundtrack to this too i really enjoyed because it wasn't necessarily like just a list song after a list song no it was a lot of like b list songs yeah. dude this had like uh, a lot of stuff i mean you would hear if you grew up around here yes but they were songs around the I country probably hearing. wouldn't know it yeah. right and it also had some cool stuff like it had a, a fool around and fell in love by elvin bishop uh-huh. <laughs> i love that <laughs> yeah. song it's on the boogie night soundtrack uh-huh. too so fucking good yeah uh, funk 49 on here mm-hmm. all kinds of great shit on the yeah. soundtrack and i don't know about you man but like after watching this movie just about every time I hear Freebird, I think of this movie. 
It's either this yes. or Elizabeth Town. No, it's this for me every single time. Yeah, yeah, because it is the perfect choice. At that, like he plays almost all of Freebird. Yeah, it's almost the whole song. It gets yeah. all the way up to the first section of the guitar solo. Uh-huh. And the thing is, is by that point, I mean you're talking like that's a like seven five minutes, or six yeah. minute long. Yeah. yeah, I mean no dialogue, no exposition portion of the movie. That's at the end. It and it's like the perfect music video to the song. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Like I can't think of any other movie that could get to the end and play me five minutes of music. Yeah. With basically kind of like a montage and flashbacks of mm-hmm. these characters. And I'm like, that's a great ending. Yeah. I can't think of any other movie that could do that other than this. And it does it perfectly. Uh, do you ever root for them? Like, are you rooting for, like, who's the protagonist? That's in the, the movie? thing, right? Is because yeah. there is this really great, well played moral ambiguity that he yeah. somehow managed to nail. And I think that he. I think that he got kind of hooked on trying to nail that, which is why he tried to make Michael Myers the sympathetic character in Halloween and stuff. Right, yeah. But this is not like that. Like, I don't like what he did with Michael Myers in the Halloween stuff, but in I this would say, movie... by the way, speaking of sequels yeah. better than the first, his Halloween 2 is better than his Halloween 1, I believe. You know, I need to watch that this Halloween season. Check it I out. I still haven't seen it. But he does such a good job of playing this family as... It's like, yeah, they're extremely, extremely warped and fucked up. Yeah. But they ultimately all take up for themselves and take care of each other, even though it is in a you know, really warped, fucked up kind of way. Yeah. But then you also have the, the ambiguity of the fact that it's not just a cop that's out to bring them to justice. He's right. out to be just as bad to them yes. as they were to his brother. They mm. killed his brother He's in the first movie. He's a Dexter-type character who believes himself to be doing the just and moral thing yeah but doesn't he doesn't have a real morality himself it's just right yeah just he's, he's been taught right and wrong and plays along but he he is no more like uh he doesn't have a moral high ground on them except that he doesn't kill innocent people as far as we know well that's the thing about this that i i thought that especially you know having watched it this time really closely for the podcast and stuff Mm -hmm. that i really picked up on is that i think something that this movie does really well is showing you it's like yeah the firefly family is really fucked up and awful and you know does horrible things to people then you have this cop waddell who is out to exact revenge on them and inflict just as much pain and suffering on them as they have on other people but the difference that I kind of got about it is, it's like, if, if you're born into that family, you have no chance of being no. normal at yeah, all. You you were trained that way just as much as he was trained his way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so it's like, if you were, you know, the son or daughter or whatever of, of Spalding and Mama Firefly and all this stuff, you're bound to be fucked up. Or killed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're either going to be fucked up or killed. Right. So. But if you're Sheriff Waddell, it's like, you had an opportunity to never cross that line. Yeah, and you cross it. But he does. Yeah. And, and that's kind of the thing, too, is like he's not like Dexter in the fact that his motivation is entirely emotional. Yeah, that's true. He's very emotional about it. Extremely. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, you know, Dexter is just more cold and callous and stuff. This guy is out entirely to exact revenge for his own family. Yeah. Which, you know, again, it's like that's another family just trying to stick up to each other is the Waddells. He's just trying to, to stick up for his brother yeah. and stuff. 
and uh, the Fireflies are all just trying to take care of their own too. It's just but when those two paths kind of cross over that things get fucked up. They are def- the Firefly family is definitely deplorable. Oh, absolutely. Whereas so. the sheriff, I can understand more. Yeah, I can get him more. I I understand that because like he's he's right when he's like nailing the pictures to their chests. Like fuck you, like you killed this person. Why do I care what happens to you? Yeah, I I can get that desire for vengeance, but knowing how many innocent people out there get railroaded by the police and the legal system, I just. Like, it's as evil as the Firefly family to know that there's a cop doing that mm-hmm. because he should be held to a higher standard. Well, what I thought was fun, too, is, you know, when you compare this to the first movie where it's like you have this group of hapless, uh, you know, travelers and stuff that get caught in this house with the Firefly uh-huh. family and stuff. And they're like, holy shit, you know, we're, we're like flies caught in a spider's web, uh-huh. you know? In this movie, it's almost like he said... Man, what if the spiders got caught in another spider's web? Right, because that happens. There are spiders that eat other spiders. Yeah. Sure, yeah. You know, but it's like they get caught in the web of this sadistic cop. I like that dynamic. It's kind of a reversal of House of a Thousand Corpses. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, the scene between uh, Sherry Moon Zombie and uh, William Forsythe. God, I almost forgot the name Mm. of the sheriff. Like, apparently it was so, like, very brutal to Sherry that she had to take days off of work because Jeez. she was just like torn down by him because he's he he's in his character William Forsyth in this is like oh yeah scary yeah yeah definitely so good I mean not that the others aren't but like that's exactly what they needed was a cop who was equally scary yeah 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 and he pulls it off really really well yeah I think the casting overall in this is fantastic. So good. Man. Fantastic. Of course, you got some returning characters in the first one. We got yeah. Sherry Moon playing Baby, who uh-huh. is She's way better in this she's than way the first better one. Yeah. In this. yeah, it's like he gave her stuff to do other than just be annoying. Right. I mean, she is annoying with the she Chinese She does do Japanese some annoying thing. stuff, yeah. But at the same time, like, some of the stuff that she does that's annoying is like sadistic annoying that's really good. Right. Like, she's intending to annoy. Yeah. yeah. Like, I love the stuff where she's on the bed with the other two women that they're tormenting and she keeps like blowing on her hair. Yeah. Just like little annoying things that would right. just piss you off, you know? Yeah. That, I mean, they all do that sort of stuff. Like, they're all, they're all attempting to provoke everyone to attack them just so they can kill them and feel good about it. Like, yeah. it's not like that's what Captain Spaulding does with that woman when he steals her car, basically. Basically, like that stutter bitch. Yeah, and then Ooh, like whenever, terrifying. yeah, whenever um, uh, fuck, what's his name again? The Otis, Otis. Otis, yeah. Whenever Otis is taking the two guys out to get the guns, and I mean, he's just raped one of the guys' wives, mm. and he's like talking about it and talking about maybe raping the other guy's wife, and like really trying to provoke them to attack him. He didn't need them to dig up the guns. In fact, having them dig up the guns would have been a threat to him because now they have access to guns. Yeah. He wanted to take them out there to kill them, but he didn't want it to just be one in the back of the head. He yeah, wanted he could it to have done that in the fight. hotel room. Yeah. yeah he, so, he wanted to make a scene. It's like they have yes. a flair for the dramatic of the they're, whole yeah, thing. Right? They're, yeah. They're just always provoking. So they're they're all good. The main three from House of a Thousand Corpses, Mother Flyfly was replaced. Karen Black played her in the first... Uh, in House of a Thousand Corpses, and then she wanted a little more, money, a little more or money or something. Or something and, right? Yeah, the budget was just tiny. 
I'm okay with her million. being replaced. Yeah, because yeah, Leslie Easterbrook was great. I thought she was awesome. Mm-hmm. I thought she did a really good job of playing this like weird, hypersexualized, like yeah. always trying to seduce everybody. It kind of reminded me a lot of uh, like Linda Blair in The Exorcist. Yes, like always licking her lips and being all like smarmy and shit. Yeah, and it reminded like, me of that a lot. No, Ugh. stop it. Yeah, yeah, she was gross, man. Uh, also, Matthew McGorry came back to play. Matthew McGorry was uh, tiny. Yeah, the, and he. This was his last, last movie, man. Yeah, I think. Well, there was another one released after, but it had been shot like earlier or right. something. But th- this was. Yeah, he died a couple months after this was released. That sucks, man. Of course, he's like a non-speaking part in here, but I think his character is very mm. interesting and sympathetic. Well, I mean, movie. yeah, he's he's had speaking roles too, like in uh, Big Fish. Right. Oh he's yeah, good he in was that. in that. Yeah, he was a good actor. That was a good movie, man. R.I.P. R.I.P. Man. Now, Otis in this movie, to me, Bill Mosley really fucking yeah. shines. Dude, Bill Mosley is really got into it. a fucking yeah. phenom. Yeah, apparently he he loves playing Otis, and he got like so into it that he actually started speaking to his family like that and kind of had to rein himself back. I would back. not like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Where you, you realize like, you get into a character... Like, cause that, that is the fun. I mean, you hear that from, uh, actors all the time, professional wrestlers. It's fun playing the villain. The villain is the fun part. Sure. And so to be the ultimate villain, I mean, this guy, he's not even related to them. That's what I was going to say. Like, I get the impression that he's just kind of been adopted into this family. The bloodline doesn't really matter with them. Yeah. He's, he's the most brutal of all of them and he basically just used i guess the firefly family as a way to constantly have victims i mean i want to say he refers to baby as his sister at one point but Does he? Uh, yeah i want to say like when she's dancing in front of oh yeah Roy he does and say that's like, my sister yeah but again you know is she, yeah, really? is she really is it adopted sister or does he mean it in like the sense that they grew up together or something i don't know i don't know because there's also kind of this animosity between otis and spaulding which yeah. is baby's dad yes. so and i don't know if, if he's like a half brother or something yeah i, maybe. I don't know i have that's no a possibility clue. yeah I, I actually like all that ambiguity too where it's too, like man. why do they, how are these people we we learn later that spaulding is her dad then we learn that Ken Fury, uh Charlie is the ha- I, I assume half brother, brother of Captain Spaulding because yeah. he's not black and <laughs> so like they must they must either share a dad or a mom. Yeah. But, but the thing is, though, is like, isn't that so accurate to so many like backwoods yes. ass families where you're like, I don't know who's related to who here. I have have to when I'm talking about my own family I have a yeah it's I have a, we a all half, have to clarify. I have a half half brother yeah that's my a half quarter brother's brother. half brother yeah it's <laughs> a quarter of a brother yeah, he's not even related to me in any way but he's my <laughs> half brother's half brother so we're in some way related yeah. yeah dude it's like that's a thing and it's like I know everybody obviously always likes to go to the cousin fucker thing when they're talking about people from the south but it's not as much of that because like it, it's way more promiscuity than you think yeah. in the south it's way more of people having babies 
early on and then not getting married and later having a different entire family and yeah like, or like their aunts or their grandparents yeah. raise them and they're also with their cousin who you thought was their brother but that's actually their cousin instead yeah. and there's a lot of like weirdness yes and well i'm not i'm not gonna say weirdness i'm not trying to critique no the south is full of like weird i mean i'm not i'm not saying uh that it's i'm not saying that's bad or anything yeah we're, but there's definitely some approaching um the taboos of incest <laughs> yeah yeah so there's weirdness there where it's like it's not incest but it's like they are related like they're like take the e out they're related yeah like, related they're, somewhere they're in so there cl- there's like so much connection but they're not actually genetically related but it's still a little weird it's still weird yeah yeah but you know what that woody allen he's a yankee and he does all kinds of weird yeah, stuff that's so true. fuck it uh, uh, yeah. Also, all the rich people in the world fuck kids, so... Fuck them all. Fuck them all. <laughs> I'll have a cold one to that, Steve. Hell yeah. All right, let's get on let's with the second best. part of our Hefeweizen experiment right here. Now, we're going to pour ourselves another one of these things in here. I really enjoyed that. I did, too, and I, I wonder... I wonder what lemon will do to it. I sometimes lemon just covers up the flavor of a shitty beer. True. Yeah. And sometimes it actually does. Like if you add some citrus, does bring out some good flavor of a beer. I love myself some lemon. I've actually been oh, on too. this gigantic kick lately. Like my new like what's gonna land me on an episode of my strange addiction <laughs> is lemon. Is lemon with arugula and a little olive oil. Yes. I've gotten hooked on just having... That sounds awesome. Dude, whatever it is that I'm having. Like, I made, like, a breakfast thing the other day, Mm -hmm. had some arugula topped with lemon juice, a little olive oil, and some salt with, like, breakfast. It was fucking awesome. I had a pasta thing with that. I had a salmon thing with that. It's like I'm really getting super fucking addicted to it right now. I think that, like, Adopo here in Knoxville got me hooked on that. Right, yeah. They put that on top of a pizza and they stuff. They do, yeah. Ooh, the smell is improved by lemon. That but, is true. But again, what? I love lemon, so... Yeah, but it seems to, like, mix with the original smell, like the spices. It's not just lemon. You smell the beer... And the lemon. lemon, Yeah, 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 exactly. It's not just like Hmm. when you chuck a lime into a uh, Corona because Corona kind of sucks. Yeah, it sucks a lot. Yeah. Seriously. Dude, drink Tecate or some shit instead. If you want Mexican beer, Tecate, Dos Equis, don't go with Corona. Any of those. Corona is the worst one. It's it's one of those deals like Crown Royal where it's just like they've had the best marketing. Yeah. Well, and they're owned by Anheuser-Busch, so they're everywhere. Got the most money, too. So you squoze yours and then put it back in the thing. I've got my limon floating here. I like the smell of all that oil and stuff in there. Okay, so what do you think now that you've had a sip of that with the limon? Well, it's not overpowered by the lemon, for sure. It's not. You mainly kind of get a little sourness on the back end, but it doesn't really overpower it. I don't know if it changes it much. It actually doesn't change it that much to me. To me, like, most of the change is just on the aroma yeah it smells a little more well not even better just a, has more smells more like lemon it smells more that's a fact there you go <laughs> indisputable smells yeah. more like lemon when it has lemon in it but i'm okay with that yeah it's not bad that's for sure it's honestly kind of reminding me of like when you you have a blue moon with orange or without right, orange, yeah. not that different not actually. a huge difference you think it is but not really it's not really it's not that really, different yeah, yeah. Honestly, less of a net change than I thought that there would yeah. be, you know? So, in the end, I would say Germans are being whining for nothing. They're very particular. Why are you putting that in there? <laughs> but why? For what? 
Por qué? Por qué? That's how you say that <laughs> in German. German. Uh-huh. The thing is, is like Germany has so many really strict rules about what beer is. They're big is. on strict rules, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just in general yeah. in Germany. But yeah, like they have this whole, I can't remember what they call it, but it like translates to like the five ingredient law. Oh, yeah. Of yeah, what the beer dumbest is and isn't. That ru- you ruin everything when you start gatekeeping. You ruin everything. Sometimes. You know, there's, there's a fine line. Okay. There's a really fine line to me because... Part of you, whenever you draw confines around something, you're saying it can be this, it can't be anything else that's outside of this. Right. And that can seem very creative, creatively limiting. Right. And then other times when you set parameters around yourself and you say, what's the most I can do with these things? It inspires a lot of creativity. Sure enough. That being said, most German beer all tastes the same because it's made from the same five ingredients. Yeah. You're not going to improve you if know? you're just making from the same ingredients. Yeah. Yeah. You know? It's one of those kinds of things. Hmm. Okay. So... I will say that Otis in this is so unbelievably, believably sadistic yeah. and evil and awful. He yeah. is just a absolute force every time that he's on screen. Like yeah. he got so into his character, man. Dude, that shit where like he's got the dudes out where he's about to dig up the guns. Uh-huh. And he's like, I want you to fucking pray. Yeah. And he's like, You want to see something badass? And he tells the other guys, like, start praying. And he's like, I don't feel anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just so it's cold yeah. and evil. He's but I mean, he's man. the devil, and he's here to do the devil's work. He so says, he says, which is man. a quote from uh, or a, a variation on it. What Tex Watkins said at the Sharon Tate murders. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. That's yeah I mean, and he's supposed to. He looks a good bit like Manson. He looks extremely, yeah. Yeah. extremely Mansony. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he tears it up, man. Bill Mosley, I think, is an, an incredible actor for horror flicks yeah. and stuff because he can do that, again, just evil, sadistic thing so well. Yeah. That scene in the movie where, uh, yeah, he, he, he rapes the lady in the in the hotel uh, room is it's awful. It's terrible. It's yeah. awful. Yeah, I don't like it at all, but I it's, love, it's I love it because it's so perfectly done. Yeah. Like, it's, it's like... It's so believably acted and not over-sensationalized or over-sexualized. Like, yeah. it's not titillating is the thing about it. Like, it's not like one of those things where I think they're trying to make it secretly sexy. Yeah. Like what you see in some other awful exploitation movies and yeah, stuff. Yeah, there's no sexiness. No, it. it's no. just you're watching this and you're like, that poor fucking woman, this is fucked up. Yeah. And the way that she plays it and reacts to it is so believable. I mean, you just feel awful for her while it's, all this is going I, on. I can't remember which artist did this, but there's those hyper-realistic uh, statues that just look like average Americans and they're all kind of fat and hairy mm-hmm. and like sweaty looking like that's such a talent to be able to see that and capture it mm-hmm. it's gross to look at and terrifying and I don't want to see it yeah, but yeah it's also like but that's real yeah this shit happens and this movie is about just showing it like yeah. this is what it looks like documentary style and all the people in this movie too like even extras like that chick that Spaulding like is dreaming that he's banging and then oh, he yeah, wakes so that's up that's an actual porn star I can't remember I didn't oh, really? write her name now yeah she's from the 80s yeah. oh, okay Ginger and, Lynn okay that's mm-hmm. right okay and then he wakes up and he's with the real girl who's also just a, a, a bigger girl mm-hmm. and then like later on we get that scene with one of the ladies from the band in the shower and she's just very average looking yeah like Baby is obviously like uh, super attractive in the movie and right. stuff, but everybody else just looks like any other fucking person. Kind of grungy be. and yeah, norm like anybody would be driving through 
Well, where are they supposed to be? I'm like, not sure. Like, it, it looks shot like in California. California to yeah. Me. yeah. So anybody driving says. through these desert towns in California in the 70s would probably look and feel grimy. Yeah. Well, but that's the thing, too, is like back then, you know, in the time period of the mid and late 70s, you know, people making these like grimy exploitation movies that this is obviously aping. Yeah. They didn't have the budget to hire supermodels and whatever. Right. And they you weren't just sitting anybody. in your trailer until the shot started. So you were sweaty as shit. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they just hire anybody who would take off their shirt for a joint and a hundred bucks yeah. that day. <laughs> you know, like this movie does such a good job of feeling like an actual gross 70s movie and having they there are a lot of people like this movie we talked about the casting but specifically i wanted to say that the casting in this is tarantino-esque in that rob zombie looked for people that were in exploitation movies and in in movies like that had done this in the past so that they could bring their experience which is i mean one of the brilliant things tarantino did as it's done throughout his career. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. I mean, he introduced, like, all of America to fucking Sonny Chiba, you know? Right. And uh, Sid Haig, who currently is in the ICU. That sucks. Hope everything's okay with him. There hasn't been an update, but he he had apparently an accident, and his wife has reported he's in the ICU. Sid Haig, like, he he brings that 70s black exploitation and exploitation cred with him just like Pam Greer brought to Jackie Brown. Right, yeah. It's so, not it's not just that he had him in the movie because they'd been in something cool that he liked. Yeah, and I, I I'm not sure if Ken uh Ken Furry and Sid Haig were ever in a movie together, but they were definitely in black exploitation movies at the same time. So I'm I'm sure they probably did a movie together. I should have looked. And they got a ton of on screen charisma. Yeah, of course they do. They're both yeah. awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah, I was happy to see that Spaulding got a lot more screen time in this because yeah, I remember Sid Haig is so good. That was one of the things about a thousand corpses that really stood out to me is like it's worth watching just to just see the to characters see of yeah. Spaulding and Otis like mm-hmm. those two characters dominate that movie and I love that you got to see a lot more of Spaulding in this one because in yeah. the first one he's just this guy that has this weird gas station horror museum yeah and then he's not really that important to the rest of the story but in this they brought him back in a really big way and he's you know one of the main characters in the movie yeah I actually, uh, speaking of that, I wanted to address something I've said in the past and and explain why I think what I'm saying about uh, this movie's casting is different than a thing I've complained about in the past. I've complained about uh, small horror movies using casting someone who was previously in a horror movie as a way to bring in the audience. Okay, yeah. I criticize that because they do it for the name, not for the talent. I mean, almost any Robert England movie other than a Freddy movie is doing that. Yeah. Yeah. They're trying to bring in Robert England because he's a horror icon. Yeah. This movie brings in PJ souls and kills her in the credits. Yeah. Like this movie doesn't (laughs) do that. It's not bringing in these people to be like, Look at the name. Look at the person we brought in. PJ Souls is the third or fourth credited person in Halloween. And she doesn't get like a major role. It's just like, oh, PJ Souls. She was in Halloween. Remember? Cool. She's dead. But the cool people are Ken Faree from Dawn of the Dead and Ganja and Hess and Sid Haig from Spider Baby and all these other things that have proven time and again that they can carry a movie like this totally yeah 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 you're right man it doesn't feel like he just put people in the movie to get horror nerd cred it's because it actually adds something 
cool to the movie. I was also surprised to see E.G. Daly, also known as the voice of Tommy Pickles, <laughs> as a whore in the movie. Yeah, you know who was uh, originally supposed to play that role? No. Natasha Leone, a.k.a. Nikki Nichols. I don't know who that From is. Orange is the New Black. Oh, shit. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. I did not know that. That's she pretty awesome. She is awesome and amazing, and the I would have really liked to see that, uh, how that would have played out. Yeah. Because she... She's good at grime. Watch, watch a Russian doll. Like she, she's real good at bringing grime herself. Like she, she could have really done. But I mean, then they brought in someone who obviously nailed it as well. She's doing. She has that speech about the Star Wars idea that she has. Oh right? yeah, yeah, <laughs> which is fun. Yeah, it's definitely good. And we got a bunch of other people in there. We got Brian Possein. Brian Possein, yeah, he shows up as a roadie. Yeah, who was obviously a pothead. Yeah, I think he's awesome. Yeah. And uh, I would say that he probably got into the movie because he's such a giant metal fan. Yeah, and I think he's just friends with Rob Zombie. Yeah, yeah, I would yeah. say so. But uh, he, yeah, he's. I mean, Brian Possein, he's not a bad or a good actor. He's just Brian Possein. Like if he's in a, a role, he's Brian Possein. Yeah, like yeah. in uh, the Sarah Silverman program, which uh, is hilarious, but he played in a gay couple with him and Steve Agee, which you may not know who he is, but you'd probably recognize okay. him. You saw a picture, yeah, yeah. but it was really cool. Cause they were both just like dudes who were gay. They <laughs> yeah. weren't like gay. It dudes. Yeah. It wasn't like they were, they were playing up gayness. It was yeah. just like, Oh no, they're just like these two dudes and they're gay. Like perfect. Kind of like real life sometimes. Exactly. Right? Perfectly yeah. showing Imagine how that. gay couples actually are. But yeah, Brian Pesain, bringing him in is funny. I, that's like the only sort of nod towards actual comedy though. Like there's no moment of levity really in there's this. A, there's a few that I love. There there's a few, a few that I love. things that strike you as funny. Dude. But when, if you were in the situation, right, not yeah, it would funny not at be all. Funny. <laughs> yeah. That scene wherever they bust into the hotel room with the band. And baby is like, look at that goddamn jacket. Uh-huh. And Otis is like, what the fuck are you talking about? She's like, on the TV. There's just a guy with like a cool like nudie suit jacket. Uh-huh. Look at that goddamn jacket. That cracked me up. <laughs> What's with the movie critic guy in the middle of the movie? Oh yeah, that's I a th- weird beat. I think that's Rob Zombie himself. I, that's one of those like uh, self-deprecating sort of moments where he's it's the like, film nerd that knows yeah, everything. Yeah, he's about the nerd who knows all these references he's making in the movie. Okay, yeah. yeah so he, he sort of just makes fun of himself. Like, yeah, I write these badass characters, but like, I'm that guy. I'm not. I'm not the sheriff. I'm not one of these fucking crazy murderers. Yeah. Just a normal dude who's in the movies. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, the humor in this never really gets too far, no. I think, you know? Like but that's a good I, good thing, I think. That's a good thing, yeah, I think, too. I don't want to be laughing watching this because it would make me feel gross. I think so. Honestly, like just like, oh, there, there was a rape scene in this. Mm-hmm. Nothing should be funny no. after that. Yeah, that's the thing, right? Yeah. I'll tell you what, you've got to be in some kind of rough shape to be standing next to Danny Trejo and be like, man, why does DDP look so awful in this? Man, yeah, they really like gave him like just crags. and sh- I mean, he's a sort of craggy guy because he tanned a lot and stuff, but he, he does not, he does this, not look like that. Yeah. They really cragged him up. Ooh, man. Yeah. He's got some city miles on him. Did you dude. know this? Chris Jericho. Uh, went out for that role. No way! And they didn't cast him not because of his acting, but because he's a pretty boy. Yeah, <laughs> they exactly. They wanted a guy who looked real rough. 
as like this fucking uh, hitman, yeah. uh, a gun for hire kind of guy. And so DDP was already kind of craggy, but they really just played him up oh, they, and they gave they him that like fucked him. up eye and stuff. Yeah. yeah. What was with that, man? It was great. He was awesome. I thought he was yeah. great. And of course, Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo was awesome. As always, yeah. is great. I love mm-hmm. that they're this kind of duo that just like loves what they do. Yeah. You know, they <laughs> don't care whose side they're, they're on. They're bounty hunters. They don't give a shit. They don't really give them the shit. money, they'll track them down. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that they were great. And I like the fact that so all of these cops have been looking for these people forever. And these two bounty hunters takes them a day. Yeah, I I love that. And that's what they're going for is this extrajudicial idea where he tells them like, you know, do whatever you want to him. Just I want him back alive. Mm -hmm. Like this extrajudicial idea where this guy, uh, the sheriff, he represents the idea that if the law could just do whatever they wanted, everything would be better. Right. And then like the, the bounty hunters kind of show that where it's like, yeah, they'd catch them in a day. But then we see like what happens after that. Yeah, and it's like, up shit. okay, no, that, that is, I mean, that's, the the logical conclusion to letting the law do whatever they want. Yeah, this is why we have guidelines and red yes. tape. <laughs> is that people don't go off and you know nail yeah. people to chairs. And Maybe you like catch that. them a little bit sooner, but the rest of us all retain our freedoms. Whereas these guys, I'm sure, went around knocking heads and getting their information. Like, yeah, yeah. Overall, the pacing of the movie I thought was was really good. It is good. It never I like it slows down in the appropriate times. Like right, it slows down with them going to the brothel to lull us all into a false sense of security. I think so. Yeah, yeah. like that, that. That's the thing to me when I think about this movie and its continuity. I usually think the whole movie is really gripping, and then they get to. Uh, like you said, the brothel. Yeah, everybody chills like, out, parties a little smoking bit, smoking weed. Yeah, yeah. And it does, to me, feel like it hits a little bit of a lull right there. Yeah. But again, maybe that's that, you know, wanting to put you in a, a false sense of security. Yeah, because then Trejo and DDP kick in the door and we get the, like, nice cuts between them in their relaxed moods and the others getting caught. And, like, yeah, I think it was a good, smart move to sort of slow it down for the unexpected to happen. Now, what do you think about the fact that there's nothing at all supernatural in yeah. this movie? That's a yeah. big way that it departed from yes. the original. It's yeah, like, and the original, you know, 60% of the movie, there's nothing supernatural. Right, but then suddenly, there's Dr. a ton Satan, of yeah. yeah, weird, crazy shit with Dr. Satan and those like underground water zombie yeah. things. It makes no sense. There was, uh, in the original idea, it. Uh, Rob Zombie had the idea of a Dr. Satan side plot uh. and they it even got to the point where Ros- Rosario Dawson was like cast to be Man, a nurse in I that. love her. She's great, yeah. She would have only been in it for like 40 seconds though. Oh, so. okay. Yeah. Uh, but they ended up cutting it because he just wanted to ground it in the three main characters and get away from any of this weirdness on the side. I'm gonna say that Smart was move. a wonderful, <laughs> yeah. wonderful decision. And I wonder where the guidance for that direction to just do one thing and do it really well mm. came from. Like, I wonder who was standing there saying no. I Nobody, as far as I understand. I think he really had carte blanche to just do what he wanted and he smartly made a wise decision just to... Because, you know, the first one tries to be so much. Yeah. To Like, you make that mistake and maybe you learn. Like, well, try to be one thing. We kind of compared it to an all-you-can-eat buffet that yeah. has everything. It's like, mm. you can get sushi and pizza and ice mm. cream all at the same exactly, place. It's like, yeah. 
it's all kind of half-assed, but you can have whatever you want. Yeah, it all, it all kind of tastes like the thing you're wanting. Yeah. Exactly. Whereas this is like, it's outlaws running from the law, being bad people. Yeah, this is more like that the place end. that you go to that has like five things on the menu. Yeah, and they nail it. And all they're all it. fucking yeah. awesome, you know? <laughs> yeah, because this really is such an infinitely more focused movie than its predecessor. Mm-hmm. And the direction and cinematography Cinematography is, is great. It's yeah. so much better. It's kind of hard to believe that somebody made that much of a quantum leap from yeah. one movie to his next. Well, he brought... Yeah, I, I don't remember who he had as a cinematographer on House with Thousand Corpses. I think it was... He just did it himself. Yeah. So he brought in a professional for this, basically. Boy, it, it was shows. the smart idea. It yeah. shows. Because even, like, the action beats, like the shootouts and stuff in this, are extremely well done that feel like great well-made action Man, the sequences. the shootouts. <sighs> There's a couple first of them. Shootout, first off, that first shootout immediately reminded me of Near Dark. Mm-hmm. That shootout. So awesome. Yeah. Uh, then I looked up a little bit about it, and it's based off of an actual shootout that occurred in Australia between Ned Kelly and his gang ah, and the police. Yeah. I can see that. I watched a movie, I believe it was just called Ned Kelly, uh-huh. that came out uh, years ago that was about that. And yeah, he kind of made his own like homemade armor yeah. mask and breastplate and stuff like that. Yeah, they all had their own armor. It weighed like 40, 50 pounds or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, smart idea. And I liked seeing it portrayed in this. I liked the way they did it. Like, it also reminded me that there was a bank robbery in LA where two people just basically covered themselves in bulletproof armor. Oh, wow. And like, Jeez. Uh, it's ridiculous. You can see the entire thing basically on video. Ooh. Because wow. that was back in the day when all of LA was clamoring to get the next big thing. But yeah, like, it, it's just so. They, they've not only considered that the police will come they've considered exactly what they will do when that happens like yeah they've, yeah. they've been planning on this they've built this armor it really gives us a, a good idea of how long they've been doing it and That's how long sick. they've gotten away with it yeah no which doubt is scary prepared yeah yeah really really well done man and again like the action beats and stuff in a thousand are not really that fantastic and no. this is a serious quantum leap forward mm-hmm. and overall just the movie looks so great it really does yeah it looks like a shitty grimy 70s exploitation kind yeah. of movie like there's even a few like wipes like screen wipes and stuff oh, yeah. or scene transitions yeah it's got it's got it's got elements of uh i mean of course house of a thousand corpses as well has hills have eyes elements but mm-hmm. this is more like the shot because house have the hills have eyes was shot in like the deserts of california which yeah. is where this is basically shut so it brings in some of that some of the feel of texas chainsaw Master. for sure yeah. absolutely so and probably a bunch of exploitation movies that i yeah that i've that never that seen know. or probably will never see yeah, yeah i'm not really that schooled <laughs> no. or interested in that area of film uh but it's done so well and so believably like it feels at times like a real legit late yeah. 70s movie and you know a weird part of what drew me into that and made it believable to me and this is a weird thing to compliment the amount of ambient noise in the movie huh. like whenever they're um they're all in the van together and they're driving to get some tutti fucking fruity yeah the entire time that they're talking you hear like the motor sounds mm-hmm. of the van yeah and they're basically just as loud as the dialogue which is what it was like to be in a van in the 70s i yeah. mean watch the van scenes in texas yeah. chainsaw yeah you know you'll see the exact same shit it's really cool to me just to see that they 
made it crappy in that way yeah. when they didn't even really have to. But it made it feel more accurate. Yeah, it's a real smart move, yeah. Yeah, kind of draws you into it. Huh. I didn't notice that at all, but you're right. Yeah, It's subtle. It's subtle. It yeah. is real subtle. And like in the scenes outside of the brothel towards the end, there's like all kinds of cicadas and tree mm-hmm. frogs and mm-hmm. shit like that. Just great ambient noise. Like that's one of those yeah. weird complaints that I get into with movies sometimes is when I can tell that the noises that I'm hearing and dialogue I'm hearing aren't occurring in the space physically yeah. that's being portrayed. Yeah. Like when you can tell, it's like that's not the kind of reverb that that room would have. Like if you're in a right. church and there's no echo... This is fake. If you're in a church and there's no echo, (laughs) you might be a redneck. (laughs) But that really bugs me in movies where it's like, this doesn't feel like this is all happening. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, when you can tell it was shot on a sound studio, basically. Yeah, exactly. A sound stage. And it's just like, well, if you're going to do that, you need to throw in some ambient noise that you would normally hear in a house. Yeah. Maybe a slight sound of a car driving by, you know throw in some noises from outside people talking to each other or whatever like, yeah you can't just be flat yeah dead silent yeah. i hate that in movies yeah, it drives me absolutely insane man this movie does a good job of capturing all that shit do you have any complaints like about the movie in general i know obviously it seems like we're very big fans of it you got anything that you'd stick out as a negative a neg- see that's the problem is that for me, when I think of any of the negatives, I'm like, well, that's probably meant to happen. And the negative is like, well, the negative is that it makes me feel gross or makes me feel bad, which is it kind of meant supposed to, I think. to happen. Yeah. And it's like, baby yeah. is annoying. I think she's supposed, she's supposed to, be. to be. Yeah. I think some of her dialogue comes across as pretty forced. Yeah. Well, a lot of fucks. okay. A lot yeah. of fucks in this movie. Yeah. A lot of, okay. So from time to time, the fucks all fit. But every once in a while, it's like, why did you throw fuck there? Like, <laughs> yeah. What, why is fuck there? Because this movie apparently for a, a while held the record for most fucks in a movie. That's a lot of fucks. It's a whole lot of fucks. So it's in like the hundreds. It's a lot. Yeah. And it's, it's not always necessary, but it's like, well, fuck's never necessary. No, of course not. And well, we say it all the fucking I time. I say, yeah, I was going to say, I say it all the fucking time. It doesn't bother me. Yeah, I don't I think mean, about whether or not it's the right moment for a fuck. It's just when it comes out, it comes out. It's just another word. Yeah. I yeah. bet our, our FPMs on the show, fucks per minute. <laughs> fucks per minute. Are probably pretty high. They're pretty high. I'd like I to see somebody do a statistic on that. How many FPMs the show racks <laughs> up on average. I, I was going to say, I'd like to see that. But then I was like, I can't imagine the person who would sit down and listen to every episode chart of the podcast out. and chart them out. <laughs> I'd be a little worried if I got the information, but you know what? I'd also use it. <laughs> I'd also be fascinated. <laughs> yep. I would. Yeah. Like there's times where, where baby's use of fuck seems kind seems of like, pre- like superfluous. Yeah. Where she's like, I just throw it in here, I guess. And uh, I don't know why, like, I don't know what's different about it than when Otis or Spalding uses it all the time. I don't really know what's different, but I think maybe it's because Sherry Moon Zombie is essentially playing herself saying these lines. Yeah. And that's not an entirely negative thing. I'm just saying that's what she's doing. She's not inhabiting much of a character as much as the the annoying lines are the character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's like, well, that's yeah. kind of how the character is supposed to be. Yeah, you know? so she's, she's not... I don't know. I don't know how much how immersed she is in her character and how much her character is just written for her. Yeah. It's that kind of thing. Yeah. You Whereas uh, I would say for sure, Bill Mosley and Sid Haig are 
they're well into their characters. But of course, those characters could just as easily be written for them, and that's how they talk normally. Right. Yeah. I think that they did a good job too, though, of making uh, making Baby seem more intelligent this time. Yes. And she's not way, just yeah, she's an not. annoying hot chick. Like I love that part where the other woman from the band like thinks she gets the jump on her and like grabs the gun. She's uh-huh. like, There's no fucking bullets in that thing. It's all mind power. Yeah. Like she knows the game she's playing mm-hmm. with these people. Well, yeah, dude, I mean, she's a second generation killer. Yeah, she's learning yeah. from the best. And I love when she like throws that knife uh-huh. at that lady and it like hits her in the chest. The look on her face as the knife hits her in the chest and she's just looking down is just such a believable look of yeah. like disbelief at like what the fuck just happened? There's a knife sticking everybody, out of my yeah. chest. Everybody that's what that's what I'm saying. The casting, everybody involved with this does so perfectly well. Do, like yeah. it's like they knew because like people going to work on a horror movie they a lot of times they're going to do it because it's going to be fun i mean yeah it might be like covered in in blood for three days not great fun sometimes but a lot of times you're just getting to be the worst possible person or you're getting to like you know have this particular scene where you get your head chopped off and that's fun they get to cast your head or whatever i think everybody involved in this knew that this movie wasn't about heroes and villains mm-hmm. and it was just about dark and bad and terrible and realistic so everybody played it so perfectly well which all is an indication that one the script was good and two the director was good and they were both the same person so yeah <laughs> Rob Zombie some good at ideas. the very least has made one really really good movie I completely agree yeah. I completely agree like I went into this thinking that well i watched this pretty early into my you know life as a horror movie fan mm-hmm. it's probably not as good as what i remembered it to be right like maybe i just liked it so much because i was getting into horror yeah because right. it was like fucked up and made me feel something weird whenever i watched right. it but sitting here rewatching this for the show with a very critical eye i was still like you know what no this is still just really fucking good it is you know it's yeah. it's one of those deals where is it a is it a horror movie or is it a crime movie or an exploita- exploitation yeah. movie? All of them. I'll just say yes yeah. to all of them. Yeah. I'll say on the list of complaints about one of the only things I can think of is that a lot of the blood effects are obviously digital. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yes. Everything that is on skin is digital and everything that is under clothing is practical. Really? Yeah. Because under clothing is easy. You don't have to put any makeup on. You just put a hole in the clothes and blood yeah yeah yeah, no problem well surely the scene where the dude from the band gets like his throat cut and there's blood like gushing out that's real isn't it no no that's cgi yeah even the even the throat slitting is cgi that's one of the ones that i was like okay that one's real so it actually doesn't look bad no it doesn't it's just it's just and, and honestly rob zombie did want to do everything practical it was just a budgetary and time constraint yeah. so p.s that guy that gets his throat cut that's in the band with kind of the the bigger nose and the, the handlebar mustache uh-huh. and stuff does he not look exactly like the guy in paranorman that like <laughs> he's getting chased by the zombies but he's trying to get like the bag of chips out of the vending machine and it's going real slow he looks identical. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it has to be intentional. I wonder if he played him. I mean, that guy's that guy's. I looked and I didn't stuff. see it. It's not, okay. I didn't see it, but God damn, he looks exactly like him. Yeah, you I know? can see that. <laughs> but honestly, other than some of Baby's dialogue seeming kind of forced, because let's be honest, she's not the best actress in the world. No, but she does. This is 
she does a great job in this, I think. Yeah, the part's written for her. Yeah, you know? the so, part, yeah, and she nailed it. So, And some of those blood effects not looking perfect. I think that's about really my only complaints about the movie. Yeah. I really like it. I love how it makes you feel weird about rooting for this family as they're getting away. Yeah, you but should you know feel, they do awful things. You should feel bad, but also the movie doesn't th- put that judgment on you. The yeah. movie's like, no, look, this is kind of fun, right? Like, yeah. I mean, just enjoy this. It's a movie. It's an experience. It's not go out and do it. No. It's this is probably what that would feel like. And it's right, too, I bet. Like, if you were one of those people who was being hunted down by the police and you've murdered a bunch of people and lived your life entirely doing everything you want to do and the last moment is driving into a barrage of bullets, I bet it's still just like, fine. Yeah, I I lived my life. On my own terms. Yeah, I lived my life. I did what I wanted to do. I mean, I'm a terrible fucking individual and... Uh, it's wonderful that he's dying, but are they're all dying? Or but they're not because there's a sequel. Apparently, yeah. yeah, we got we got three from hell coming out here really soon. Yeah, it is. It's a real conflicted moment, and I think it's perfect. That's, I hope that's that the fun it's good. Part of it. I hope that it's good, man. Because goddamn, thirty one is so fucking bad. Yeah, thirty one was bad. Lords Ugh. of Salem wasn't good. What I'm kind of thinking about is this is you know kind of like. Whenever that, that newest Perfect Circle album came out, and I was like, God damn, this is awful. That new Perfect Circle album, did you ever listen to it? No. It is an abomination. It's fucking <laughs> terrible. And then it's like recently we got this new Tool album that just came out. Yeah. And I went into it kind of excited, and it fucking sucks. Okay. I think I it, haven't listened to it yet. I think it's so fucking lame and boring. And I look back and I go, why was I even excited about it when that new Perfect Circle was so fucking bad? So I'm going into Three from Hell with right, low thinking expectations. Like real low. I can see what you're saying, and it's it's hard to imagine it'll be equal even to Devil's Rejects. So yeah, that's a tough one. I still want to see it. I will. Yeah, yeah, I'll definitely see it. I mean, it's it's going to be playing for three days in the theater, and then the DVD comes out on October fifteenth. Okay, yeah. And so probably streaming and It'll stuff probably too. be streaming sometime, maybe a week before the DVD comes out. So it'll be out soon enough. I'll definitely watch it. I mean, yeah. I'm fascinated just to, to see where these characters went. And I just want to see more of Otis and Spaulding, personally. Yeah. Okay, so the ending... Ambiguous. Is ambiguous. But now that we know that there's a sequel... So here, the only two things I can imagine happen to make this avail- possible is... That they just got shot a whole bunch and didn't die. Totally plausible. Yeah. That happens. Or two, they're actually being resurrected from hell. Yeah. <laughs> Which could also be okay. Some possibility. Bring the supernatural element back. Yeah. Then, right? That's a possibility. So I watched the newest trailer last night. Have you seen okay, the, the newest trailer? I haven't trailer? seen it. Do you want me so, to spoil yeah, tell it me, for you? Tell me about it. Yeah. So it looks like what happened is that they survived. Okay. Just a ton of gunshots. Yeah. They all survived. And like a doctor was like, it's a one in a million chance that they made it, but they did. Yeah, well, no, I can, like, even watching it, I was like, well, they're not taking headshots. They're taking body shots. Most of them are coming through the car itself. Right. Yeah, you can justify it. Right. And they're white people, so the cops aren't going for killing Yeah, they're not trying to actually kill them. Right, right. (laughs) (laughs) But it seems like this movie is kind of focusing on the way that a lot of serial killers get these like fans while they're in jail you yeah know? they're like oh set them free 
there's all this stuff in the preview yeah. where it's like all these people petitioning with signs and stuff like oh let them loose set them free yeah and it looks like they maybe even have somebody who is perhaps like a, a copycat or trying to continue their work and stuff hmm. that's wearing like a luchador mask and shit I mean it doesn't look like a bad that's interesting setup. yeah well the, I mean okay hold on does the guy who drives the tow truck does he get killed in this tow truck yeah, in House of a Thousand Corpses, there's the guy who drives the tow truck. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, RJ, he, I think, maybe? Yeah, he's name? the guy that dies during the opening shootout. Right, the Firefly yes. Yeah, 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 cause yeah. He, Okay, yes. Right, he was, the big, he was wearing all the, the armor. Right. Yeah, where everybody else was just wearing basically masks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think who would be the masked man. Unless it's Tiny. No, Tiny walked into the house to burn up, Yeah, I guess. So. No, I think it's just a guy who is probably just somebody, like a, a, full a sympathizer on, or I hope something. it's DDP. Yeah. That'd be alright, man. <laughs> what if it is? That'd be alright. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to seeing it. I hope that it comes close to capturing uh, how great this flick is, but you know, this kind of seems to be like Rob Zombie's career to what uh, Texas Chainsaw is to Tubby Hooper's career. Right. Like, yeah, he he's made some other stuff that some people enjoy, but mostly it's just that one thing. Yeah, mostly mm. a bunch of junk, but yeah, even, but even a, a broken clock is right twice a day, Rob right? Zombie also does have that whole musical career <laughs> to back up. Yeah, there's that. <laughs> like, and he's not like working in debt to the mob which was i think what was going on with toby Hooper, i'm pretty right? sure yeah. yeah that seemed to be the case yeah you know but so, yeah there's there's that similarity where it's just like you make that one classic it's hard to stack up to that afterwards too yeah i mean he made the two halloweens which people are divided on but i would i would say mostly it's it's negative it seems i think so yeah and um, it seems like everybody hates salem yeah lords of salem just didn't hit 31 no yeah hopefully yeah hopefully this will do it yeah i want I, to believe i, I, I really want, want him to yeah because because he made this i want him to make more yeah totally yeah i would love to see more grimy scuzzy flicks with southern yeah. rock soundtracks like this <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know, and especially love to see just more of those characters and actors. Yeah. So I'm going into it hoping that it's good. I'm not going to shit on it before I see it, but I'm also going to temper my expectations in knowing that, well, sometimes you just strike gold and then other times, yeah, you know, you hit lead. That's true. You know, you got any final thoughts about this flick and a rating stew? Uh, yeah. Okay. So the fact that I love this movie and, uh, I can't seem to find anything wrong with it would indicate I'm going to give it a 10, but I'm not. This is not a movie I would watch on a regular occasion. Yeah, it makes I know. me feel really gross. I agree. It's like um, it's grimier than Maniac, which is saying a lot. Maniac disturbs me more. I think. Yeah, I yeah. think Maniac because it deals with one single character and getting into their mind is maybe a bit more disturbing. It's whereas more this, concentrated. We don't yeah. get into their minds. So yeah, it makes me feel gross, but it's still. It's going to be one that people are going to look back on for a long, long time, I think. I think so, yeah. If they give it a chance. If if they they don't just go, oh, Thousand Corpses sucks. This movie sucks. Right. Uh, If they give it a chance, this is a movie that will uh, long be considered a horror classic. So, for me, uh, what, like 8.75. Ooh, wow. Yeah, I want to give it a 9, but it just grosses me out too much i know what you mean yeah it's not an enjoyable watch there's a lot of those movies that we talked about it is and isn't like it's yeah it it's that's the challenge for me is that the way i feel about it where i'm like god i like this i don't like this i I like this i don't like this yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) to me like that's specifically the character of otis 
Uh huh. Where it's love like, him. Yeah. Don't, don't love him. But like, I know, right? Him. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I love seeing just how dangerous and wild and crazy he is on screen. Yeah. Like, I want more excuses to spend time with that character. Mm-hmm. Also, he's a horrible. Fucking rapist, necrophiliac, murderer. And he talks the way, like, I I remember some of my, like, uh, growing up, some redneck kids that I was friends with, like, some of their drunk Oh, that was their their stepdads, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's so real to me that I'm like, oh, it feels so gross, but also so good. He's so good at it. I really enjoy it, man. I think this movie's probably like a nine for me. Awesome. I really do. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah, the, like the real thing that stops me from going full 10 is just how how it makes me feel and yeah. the way it may, like just the cognitive dissonance it causes where you want to root for these people you also hate. Like, yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting spot. I can't really think of a lot of other movies that put me in that place. Exactly, yeah. I mean, like Maniac, I'm definitely not yeah. rooting for Joe Spinell. No. Whatsoever. You know, yeah. Texas Chainsaw, I am not rooting no, for that family. you're rooting for the kids. You're not rooting for the family. And this, there's no one to root for, so you kind of fall back on the people you're seeing the most yeah and well and it reminds you too that that you know when you see these characters that are these sadistic evil warped people Mm -hmm. that kill people for pleasure for fun yeah like they do in this movie and then you stop and realize yeah but if they fucked up your brother would you not become instantly as evil as them oh yeah and do anything you could to them that's that's why they're ultimate evil the devil's rejects because the evil they bring creates more evil it it can't it can't ever create good right there's nothing positive coming yeah because even the people that are fighting them are getting drugged down to their level you know it's just that reminder of uh you know it's just like the joker says it's like everybody is one day away from being me yep one bad day and you become the joker Mm -hmm. you know one bad day and you become the guy who is so sadistic and twisted that these serial killer murder uh, family is amazed by how warped you are. Yeah. And we hate to be reminded of that because when we do start going that way, we are constantly reinforcing in our own heads that we're the good guy. Yeah. And, and what the hell is. Oh, okay. <laughs> Trump! What? What was that? Oh, I was talking about uh, the people that voted for Trump, how they feel that way. Oh, yeah. Oh. yeah, how the atrocities, coughing, uh, the atrocities that they're responsible for, they feel are just because if they were unjust, they'd have to reassess their own character, and they're not going to do that. No, no, I don't think so. So it mu- it must be a good thing, whatever is happening, because I voted for it. Keep them kids in cages. Yeah, it's hmm. fine. They shouldn't have broken the law. Jesus broke the law. Look what happened to him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Boy, that is just a leap of logic that I could see happening, yep. Steve. Mm-hmm. I could see happening. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Well, you guys are about to find out what we're going to be covering on the show next week. But first, <laughs> give us your dollar papers if you enjoy the show. Patreon.com forward slash and lovely. Yeah, follow us on all the other social medias at Dead Lovely Pod, blah blah blah, on Facebook, Dead and Lovely Horror Movie Podcast, something blah blah blah. Again, just put in a little effort 
oh, you will find us. We also recently hit, uh, because of you guys, I assume, Woo, yeah! a, a thousand subscribers on YouTube, which... That's right, we got that YouTube channel going. ...means uh, relatively soon we'll have a, a very easy-to-find YouTube address instead of Custom. a random string of you number and letters. Real. Yeah. Very, very cool, man. So thank you guys so much for checking that stuff out. You know, we're approaching on October, the Halloween season, yeah. and we have some really fun stuff yes, planned do. out for the month of October. So you guys be sure to go ahead and subscribe to that YouTube channel and ring the bell for notifications. We're going to be putting up all kinds of stuff that's yep. not even necessarily all going to be movie related. No, yeah, we're definitely doing a cocktail video oh, with yeah. RDM. The notorious Hopefully. RDM. Yeah, Getting RDM is to it. We just got to get it together. I'm so excited. He was telling me some plans about some of these uh, I'm excited, yeah. custom drinks he's making. I am stoked. <laughs> that dude can make a drink, I imagine. I've only seen him. I'll be the I've judge never drank of that. One. I'll be the judge of that, RDM. You bring it, and I'll judge it. So, our next episode was chosen by our patron, Woo. Tim Stone. Woo, Tim Stone! Tucker and Dale versus Evil. That's damn right. That's mm-hmm. right. If you guys contribute to the $5 or above level on our Patreon page, we take suggestions for movies that you guys want us to cover, and we draw them out of a swan's ass. Randomly. Randomly. Once every, I don't know, month, month and a half, yeah, something like that. Yeah, we've been doing it every month. I'm sh- we could probably keep up that pace. Hopefully. I enjoy it because you guys suggest good shit. Yeah, you really do. Yeah, we got like like, so many awesome suggestions. Uh So So if you guys want to help contribute and drive the car and help us uh, put the show towards where you would like to see it, be sure to support us on that $5 or above Patreon level. Well, I look forward to talking about Tucker and Dale versus Evil next week. I love it. It's a very fun and silly movie. I look forward to hearing your thoughts on it. I'm actually kind of surprised we haven't done it yet. I know. It seems like something we would have already done. But right? we also haven't done Cabin in the Woods, so. Oh, my God. I love it. Uh. so much. Fuck. <laughs> God, I love Cabin in the Woods. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah, dude. So you guys be sure to tune in for that coming at you next week. In the meantime, you guys have been fantastic. We have been dead and lovely. And we're going to catch you all later. On the flip-flop. Flip-flop. I'll take weird facts about Hollywood, Steve, for 500, Alex. Um, to me, movie theater popcorn smells like dog shit. Like actual dog poop. Yeah, yeah, and, no and it makes me gag sometimes. Really? Yeah. But, but you will still eat it's it. It's tasty as hell. Obviously, you put it in your mouth, it's salt, and it dissolves on your tongue, and it's buttery, but dog shit. <laughs> I'll take things overheard on a John Waters set for 500 Alex. <laughs> Listen, Divine, just put it in your mouth, it's going to dissolve, it's going to taste buttery. All right, I'll try it, John.